This episode of Video Game Apocalypse is brought to you by GameFly, and you listeners right now can go to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime to get a free month of unlimited games. And by Audible, and you can go to AudibleTrial.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. Everybody and welcome to episode 304 of Fidget Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? Uh, tired of talking about Oscar movies, Chris Antista. And Laser Time Bard, Matthew Allen. And special guest, Leif Johnson of Macworld and former freelancer extraordinaire. Thank you. This is your second podcast of today that you're recording. Yes, it is. Yes. What's the other one? The other one is the Macworld podcast. Where today we mainly talked about Samsung because of the new Samsung folding phone, which we were talking about if that would look cool with Apple, and we basically decided no, it would not. Hmm. So <laughs> bummed that Macworld is... isn't just a Mac and Me dedicated podcast. It just breaks <laughs> down great. that movie week after week. I do kind of yeah, wonder if nice. Like, yeah, <laughs> pretty nice. <laughs> pretty nice. <laughs> Which is what Apple was saying as they were looking at that Samsung thing. Not the folding phone specifically, but, but the, the one thousand nine hundred eighty dollar price tag. Oh God! Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they can never have those stupid commercials again. We're like, look how much money you're paying. No, mm. y'all have lost the right to say that. <laughs> I can fold my phone, too. Crack. <laughs> we can bend our iPads. <laughs> you know what else folds really well? Money, when you have it in your pocket. Yes, this is true. On that note, it's going to be a fun week. So we, we have a bunch of new releases that came out on Friday that we've we've had the weekend to play. And one of them, actually two of them, gave us the idea for this week's top five. Because Far Cry New Dawn, mm-hmm. as you might be aware, follows rather a bad ending in <laughs> Far Cry 5. Which is, uh, the world blows up. Yeah, <laughs> the good an... ending of Far Cry 5 is a bad ending. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's really the only one that... like <laughs> yeah. the, the only quote-unquote good ending is if you don't arrest the father at the very beginning of the game and you just walk away because yeah. that won't kick off uh, the chain of events. Although presumably a nuclear war would still happen. Yeah, I mean, he's still plotting it. So. Yeah, well, he, he didn't do it. I thought he did something to kick off the events. He, he, he prophesied it. He, yeah. he was convinced it was going to happen. He's and just then, a Montana redneck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then it just <laughs> happens. And uh, But... Then why did I hate him so much? I thought, <laughs> well, I know why. He, he, has, he, has, well, he has a fucked up backstory, too. Yeah, right? those yeah. fucking abs. If you That's read the collectibles, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. His abs, mm-hmm. amazing, though. But the, the topic of this week's top five to celebrate these grim visions of the future is sequels that followed a bad ending that mm-hmm. made the bad ending canon. You th- you thought you worked hard for the good ending and it meant something, but guess what? That was all fucking washed away in the next game where they're like, no, the hero died, or you did a bad thing, or uh, no, the, the characters you were trying to save died, whatever it is. More realistic. There's sort of no bigger <laughs> F you to a video game player than... Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, all that agency we pretended you had in that game, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. We're disregarding yeah. that. You worked really hard. You got the good ending. 
you know, it just doesn't really work for the sequel, so... Uh, you tried sorry. so hard tried. and came so far, uh, but, far in, the but end, in the end, it didn't, didn't really matter. matter. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh. Oh. I wish that was an every I don't trailer. know why. Yeah, it doesn't even matter how hard you try to put in that terrible reference to the terrible <laughs> song, Jesus. <laughs> Which, by the way, I first discovered in a 9-11 tribute video on Newgrounds. Oh, so Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Newgrounds. <laughs> wow. Mm, but yes. watching the towers fall that song oh my god <laughs> really <laughs> yes. I don't know like who is trying hard in this the terrorists U- United States I don't remember anyway keep going so, so yeah bad endings bad endings sequels sequels assuming you got the bad ending yeah regardless of what you did and in, in some of these as you'll see like this was in retrospect probably the best way to move the story forward oh like, yeah you were able to do yeah. much more interesting things because the world is a mess or because your character wasn't happy oh you know and now that I think about it Max Payne games would have been good for this it's also a it's an easy reset button because you know in sequels what happens a lot is your character has gotten super powered by the end of like right. a first mm-hmm. or second game in a series and it's like well how do we make the game fun for the next iteration you know how do we take away all those powers well a good way to do that is assuming they lost or mm-hmm. they got thrown into prison or whatever you know the world ended and mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah that's a nice natural way to hit the old reset button and say now you have to start over from scratch and just like in, in Far Cry New Dawn they uh, these those often take place many years in the future so you know you got different characters and stuff to work with mm-hmm. and everything so yeah it, the reset button is a smart idea yeah yeah absolutely and and yeah we we were going to get into that maybe we have more to say about far cry new dawn after last week's love in i played it a lot more i, I do yeah. have some more how awesome but like metro exodus came out crackdown 3 is finally yeah. here minus cloud Woo! assisted as terry cruz would say yeah. <laughs> minus cloud computing assisted building destruction oh, that's in there that's in the oh, multiplayer mode Oh, that you have to download as a wrecking... separate executable. We'll talk about right, that yeah, okay. in the new releases segment. Damn. All right. And uh, Tetris 99, a bunch of other stuff. And we'll get into it all right after this. This week's Laser Time, we're talking about movies. But hey, I know a ton of you like games even more. And that's why you should be happy to know about Gamefly. You want to play way more games for way less money? Gamefly might be for you. And you can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and try the service out for 30 days for free. It's like Netflix. You make a queue, they send you a disc, they send you a disc in the mail, you mail it back, postage is all paid for, play as much as you want for as little as $9.99 a month. You could be playing like a dozen games for less than half the price of one game. Because they got new games over on Gamefly, like Far Cry New Dawn, which I'm enjoying immensely. Kingdom Hearts 3, Resident Evil 2, Metro Exodus, Jump Force, even upcoming games like Anthem or Devil May Cry, or even Yoshi's Epic Yarn. You could be playing all that for free with with your 30-day free trial of Gamefly. And guess what? Gamefly's even got movies. So check your bank account, or your wallet, or your purse. Do you think you deserve to be playing more games? We do too. So why not try out 30 days of the Gamefly service? They've got over 8,000 games going all the way back to like even stuff from Wii U and Xbox 360 on there. Try it out free at GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. Hooray for Hollywood, everyone. This week's Laser Time is all about the Oscars. With that in mind, if you're into in-depth stories about actors and movies, you might want to check out Audible, the nation's leading resource for audiobooks, radio plays, other things you can listen to with your earbuds on your Android, Kindle, iPhone, wherever you can plug in headphones too. Audible has a huge selection, almost 200,000 different titles to choose from. They've got all your favorite bestsellers. Michelle Obama's new book is there. They have a ton of originals, but this week's Laser Time is all about the Oscars, so I wanted to take a look at some of the most interesting books on Audible for folks who dig movies, like Carrie Elway's As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales, 
from the making of Princess Bride. If you don't like Princess Bride, leave right now. How about bl- blowing the bloody doors off in Other Life Lessons by Michael Kang? That's on there too. Or how about The Disaster Artist, an amazing book by Mark of High Mark fame, recently made into a movie, or even uh, Carrie Fisher's Wishful Drinking. Any one of those books can be yours for free just by going to audibletrial.com slash lasertime to try out Audible for 30 days for free. You can get any one of those books at no cost to you. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash lasertime to get your free audio book. And we're back to talk about what, Chris? I forgot. Sequels that follow bad endings. You promise we're not going to be talking about Star Wars Unleashed again? Yes, I promise. (laughs) It was on the the list, but no, it's not on this list. We will not be talking about Star Wars Unleashed. Instead, we will begin with another game that we've been talking about way too much lately. Number five. Cain is deified. The clans tell tales of him. Few know the truth. He was mortal once. As were we all. However, his contempt for humanity drove him to create me and my brethren. I am Raziel, firstborn of his lieutenants. I know Matt knows what this is. Michael, can you please pass the black hair dye and eyeliner? (laughs) (laughs) Because I am about to get my Raziel on. Uh, This is Soul Reaver. Gotta get dolled up in purple face. That's right. This this is Soul Reaver. Well, I was thinking my goth mood. Or as legendary character actor Tony Jay would say. Become my Soul Reaver. My angel of death. That's Tony Jay? Can yes. Someone, can we? Can someone get like a mashup of him saying Soul Reaver with the Soul Train theme song, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Soul Reaver. <laughs> no? no, all right. Uh, just, just me. Did PS One games let you adjust the music downward? Because you could totally get that. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so yeah. So t- how did how did things go in Nazgoth to assume the worst and that uh, we had to hit the reset? Button? Well, I'm glad you asked, Matt. Okay. So at the end of Legacy of Cain, or Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, the mm-hmm. first can, can never have too many names to a video game. <laughs> <laughs> the first laggy, yeah, this one, Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, Legacy Reaver. of Cain Soul Reaver, mm-hmm. Soul Reaver Two, mm-hmm. Blood Omen Two, yeah. and Legacy of Cain Defiance. Mm-hmm. Good lord, this game certainly has the most names in mm-hmm. history. It absolutely yeah, does. Kingdom Hearts, has it? Yeah. and Nazgoth, <laughs> the, the MMO thing was, was just yes, called Nazgoth. Yes, that's it true. Never really launched, and nobody really played it. Uh, but uh, at the end of the first Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, uh, Cain, the vampire protagonist, is presented with a choice. He's shown that the pillars of Nonsgoth, which uphold all order in the world, are decaying. And if he dies, if he chooses to kill himself, then he can restore them and with them restore the world. Mm-hmm. That's obviously the good ending. Uh, canonically, he does not choose the good ending. I am the last pillar the only survivor of the Circle of Nine. At my whim, the world will be healed or damned. At my whim. Once I embraced my powers, I realized that Vorador was correct. We are gods. Dark gods. And it is our duty to thin the herd. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Uh, sitting on a throne made of bones and an island in the middle of a sea of lava, drinking blood out of a goblet. Okay, okay, but hear him out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has good reasons. There's good arguments on both sides, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this case, surprisingly, yes. 
Uh, <laughs> because I did not expect that. <laughs> well, because Kane is a bad, bad man, but mm. he also shut your mouth. He's Tell trying. He's trying to uh, break a cycle that he's been locked into of fate, and uh, mm. in doing, save himself along with the world. Hopefully, there's a great like when you finally get to the end of this of Soul Reaver, you're ready to kill Kane, and instead you get a long ass philosophical. Conversation. A Seraphan was saviors, defending Nosgoth from the corruption that we represent. My eyes are opened, Cain. I find no nobility in the unlife you rudely forced on my unwilling corpse. You may have uncovered your past, but you know nothing of it. You think the Seraphan were noble? Altruistic? <laughs> Don't be simple. Their agenda was the same as ours. You are lost in a maze of moral relativism, Kane. Yes. Now let's not fight until the sequel. God, this. Yeah, I mean, yeah the Seraphan that they're referencing are like a holy order of knights who which, who hunted vampires. Right. Of, of, did I say? I was I remember before, them? Which from Raziel Dogman. was one of them. Before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the sequel, Raziel finds out like, oh, we were bastards. Right. By the way, this could easily be a discussion in an Assassin's Creed game, like with between the mm. assassins and the Templars. Yes. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're not, your side's not as faultless <laughs> and good as you think. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> We're just two sides of the same coin, oh, you yeah. and I. <laughs> ne- literally, never gets old. Do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, this was this was the first game that I remember being called a Zelda killer. And oh, it was yeah. it was just like <laughs> a really really good 3D uh, semi open world action RPG for PlayStation later Dreamcast. I mean this the Zelda it, killing it, elements. But it is it is where we thought 3D action games were going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and the Zelda elements were just while. mostly block pushing puzzles, puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, environmental puzzles. Uh, I, I will say though, I mean, listen to that voice acting. You might think that voice acting from that era holds up. It no- it normally does not because we we go back and we pull old clips a lot from these oh, older yeah, games, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's it does not hold up. But that stuff that's still that's like top notch video yeah. game voice acting. Well, they they had a pretty big PR push behind their voice talent. I think that uh, we heard a lot about the voice talent back then. They got Michael Bell, uh, who was to play Raziel. Uh, Better known as Wonder Twin Zan from Super Friends. Uh, <laughs> wow! Uh, <laughs> Watch out! Top tier. Bunch of other things. But no, he's he's really good. Um, Simon Templeman, I think, is is Kane. He's amazing. Yes, yes. yes. Simon yeah. Templeman was a. They did. I watched a lot it's of behind like the Royal scenes Shakespeare Company actor. Yeah. No, I love these yeah. games, and so and and yet you had Tony J as the Elder God, which is fucking fantastic. And then I saw Tony him Jay. in. I, I didn't oh, see... I was, I was looking at Ricky J, the magician. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> Tony J is the voice of Dom Frollo in the Hunchback, Disney's Hunchback of Notre oh, Dame, yes. which I, I saw years later, and it's like the Elder God is like really lusting after this gypsy lady. Yes, yes. yes. Excuse me, Roma lady. <laughs> which I just experienced in Kingdom Hearts. Did you? I've never seen Hunchback, I, I, but I lived it in Dream Drop Distance. Oh, I see. It, it's pretty adult in parts yeah, for a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes some of these voice actors. I remember uh, one Comic Con I was working. I got to meet Lance Henriksen. Ooh, and you know the the voice is iconic, right? But also, you know, I'd kind of recognize him from from the Alien films and stuff like that. But it's just like when you meet someone like that, Millennium all the way. When you meet someone like that, and their voice sounds exactly. 
like it does. Like in mm-hmm. all the video you've heard, you're just like, oh my god, this is so weird that I'm talking to this guy right now and he's having ro- normal conversations. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's a bit like when people meet us in real life. Oh yeah, to totally. Honest, you know. Just imagining like Lance Henriksen ordering breakfast at a diner or something. I suppose the the waitress is like sitting there, just rapt attention. Like, oh, this is amazing. You'll never guess what he was uh, doing. I'll have my hash him. browns covered, smothered, and capped. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never guess what he was doing when I saw him. Uh, ordering breakfast? Smoking, yes. smoking cigarettes with a voice of like course. that. Of <laughs> course. Come on. And gargling razor blades, oddly enough. He, he probably told you he was doing his vocal training. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm doing my exercises. <laughs> I, I smoke them backwards so I get more fire. <laughs> Usually when I hear about stories like that, I, you know, I'm impressed with the people where they don't sound like you would expect them to. It's like, you know, like when you first hear Nicole Kidman's accent or something like that, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it just, you know, you're like, oh, you're the voice behind that. And Hi, so, I'm Lance Henriksen. Yeah. I'm from the Netherlands. When all you got to do is, is just like really? talk in no. your normal voice. It's just like, are you really? <laughs> I made him sound more like the alien from uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh, yeah. yeah. A little yeah, Marvin the Martian, a little yeah, bit. Marvin, yeah. little Marvin, Marvin the Martian here. Yeah. Now it's Kermit. Um, uh, all right. But yes, Soul Reaver, amazing game. And this whole twisted series would not have been possible if Kane had picked the good ending and Nazgoth had been healed instead of turned into a horrific uh, post-apocalyptic gothic ruin yeah. that you can explore in full 3D. Uh, amazing at the time. Yeah. Real quick before we yeah. move on from this, this sure. reminds me of another series that I don't think will be on our list because no one can decipher the plot. Mm-hmm. But that ending reminds me a lot of like every Dark Souls ending. Oh, oh yeah, the, see, I was thinking hmm. that was the actually choice. Gonna, yes. The choice in every Dark Souls game is always you can sacrifice yourself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, it's like to to. Well, okay, this is what I'm deciphering from what people think they understand about the plot. But it's basically you can sacrifice yourself in order to to break this cycle, or you can. Take take over and be this king and rule over this thing, but it'll continue this endless cycle. It's it's very similar. I, I thought you were sacrificing yourself to continue the endless cycle because that is what becomes canon in later games. As if anyone has figured any of this. Mm. All well, and this yeah. kind of reminds me of this whole conversation of Dragon's Dogma, where you know after you've won and you've become the god and stuff, and you decide this sucks, and that <laughs> that that becomes you know that becomes the new game, and it is a bleak ass place. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, speaking of ruined worlds, number four. That has to be Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> that music's not ringing any eight-bit bells for anybody. Dragon, Dragon Quest. Quest Builders. Yes. Thank you. Yes, Dragon Quest Builders, which uh, is a very cute game about uh, doing a Minecraft. Just go around, hit the dirt, and collect blocks, and then build things, and create villages. And make evil decisions. It's, it's a voxel Dragon Quest game, and it's <laughs> yeah. very good. It has way better combat than Minecraft ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yes. And it it does a really interesting thing in, in terms of its canon, where, like, yeah. so we've had, like... What, 11 Dragon Quests now? God, I don't know. And countless spin-offs that have all followed... Uh, well, at least the first three games followed the, the first one, and I think they it split into different worlds after that. But Yeah, I think... I mean, it was always different than Final Fantasy in that it, it had some canon, and then I, I think eventually they gave all that up. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's how long can you really continue that? Yeah. But this was the first game to say, like, okay, 
alternate timeline. We're going to retcon all that and go back to the very end of the first game when you confront the Dragon Lord for the first time, and he gives you a choice. The choice is uh, join him. You don't have to fight. Why not just here? Half half the kingdom. Yeah, I'll give you half the world. Uh, you win. World, do that right. every time. The Far Cry 4 choice. Just to do that every time. Join the bad guy. It's uh-huh. way more fun that way. And if if you, you can say yes, and then he kind of laughs and like, ah, then half the world is thine. It'll be plunged into darkness or whatever. And uh, the screen fades to red, and then it just sits there like that perfectly still for a little while and then goes back to the title screen. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously not what you're supposed to do. But Dragon Quest Builders assumes that you did. Uh-huh. And so this is it's set years later. Uh, you wake up in a shallow open grave and are told to go out and fix the world. Uh, the world has basically gone to shit because the first thing the Dragon Lord did was he robbed humanity of its ability to build things, which is a really weird flex, but okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. That's right. You're a builder. That's why you're so important in mm-hmm. this world. You're, yes. the, you're the only you're one who knows builder. how to build things like doors and bedrolls. I love when games do that. Pyre did something similar where you're a reader. You're the only one who can read. And mm-hmm. really need oh, wow. because of that. Yeah. 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 Wasn't this also... Now, I can't remember do we, if we included it in our list, but we had talked about including it, where you meet former protagonists. Yes. So, yes, right. getting into spoilery territory here, if you care about the plot of Dragon Quest Builders, and maybe you should because it's good. And the sequel's coming this year. Yes. Uh, but the final world of this... So, the, the game... Okay, I will just say, you made this mistake, and so did I to a certain degree. Uh, do not spend all your time on the first village that you build, assuming that it will be the entire game. It's yes. not. Uh, there are, like, I think... Four different worlds you go through. Um, yes, and and, I, and you will have I, to start from scratch in each on one. The first one, and it was super fun. Yeah, and then it kicks you in the balls and says, "Now do it all again." Yeah, do it again somewhere. in a poison swamp yeah, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And uh, the the final world that you visit is actually the kingdom mm-hmm. from the first game, mm-hmm. and it looks like the surface of the moon. It's completely everything is either ash or bone. There's maybe, like, a few dry twigs scattered around that you can find. And so, like, it's a real quandary, like, how do I build things with this? <laughs> this fucking sucks. And uh, if as you press into it, you, you finally find a place to, a little campsite you can build up and people that will come to it. And uh, you find the, the old castle. And inside the castle, again, spoilers, you will find... The fallen hero who is given half the world after accepting the Dragon Lord's offer. And he looks like just this huge muscle dude in a thong with a... He he wears like a king's cape draped over his head with just two big eye holes. He has a little lopsided crown and he has like Erdrich's sword and shield. And uh, he's he's just a weird, goofy boss. He, he looks a little derpy. He's super derpy. <laughs> yeah, like it's not like you go through the whole game expecting like, oh, am I going to run into my old character from Dragon Warrior? What's that going to be like? Is he still going to have the horn helmet? Like, no, he looks yeah. super derpy. He goes through like these weird bodybuilder flexing routines, and uh, he, he's just kind of a goof. But uh, just standing by himself in a huge empty throne room and. Uh, gets angry at you for invading his kingdom so 
See, my thing with this, and in all of the cases that we've talked about, is mm-hmm. these, like, sudden reversals and stuff. You know, there's usually no, like, build-up, like, you know, the, the, I've been wondering about it and stuff like that. It's like, you spent eight years studying for a PhD, and on the week that it's you're going to get your diploma, you're like, I want to be an artist instead. I mm-hmm. mean, that that's the, the way a lot of these, yeah. like, sudden <laughs> yeah. reversals... But instead of start. you choosing that, someone else chose that for you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we know you've been studying to be a brain surgeon. We think you actually are more like... Oh, I don't know. Clown material. Right. <laughs> I was thinking more like theme park janitor. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I chose not to degrade theme park custodians. Michael. Ah, all right. Cast members. Well, whoever has to clean the vomit off the rides. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, meeting this guy is weird. And then, side note, the, the final boss of this game is the Dragon Lord. And, and as has apparently become common in every appearance that he's had in the Dragon Warrior games. He does this in Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest Heroes 2. Mm-hmm. Also, he will offer you the same choice at the end. He's like, you know what? The goddess who's been guiding you through this, her schemes, are they've come to fruition. You've played your role. You don't have to do this anymore. You don't have to die. Why don't you just join me, and I'll give you half the world. And I'm not even going to fuck you over like I did that last guy. It'll be, it won't be a world of darkness and death. It'll be a world of light and liberty. You'll be able to do whatever you want. In the immortal words of my player, your character, fool me once, shame on, no, fool me, fool me, fool me twice. I won't get fooled again, yeah, is yeah. the point. <laughs> Thank you, Sam Rockwell. Hope you win. <laughs> the thing I love is when he, when you actually say yes, you know, there's a little prompt that comes up and it's like, are you sure? Yeah, really? And it's like, really? <laughs> that's the way it's going. <laughs> yeah. That's like, do you really want to delete this file? <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. Well, it's your registry on your computer. Yeah. If, if you agree, he immediately goes like, then be condemned to darkness and death. And you just like... You, you're, you're teleported to the grave you woke up in, and you collapse. And he, d- he does the Darth helmet. Fooled you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a sucker's bet that you will take just to see what happens. Sure. Yeah, why not? Well, that's what saves coming's for. Exactly. Go back. Exactly. But yeah, that that game is hugely fun. I really can't recommend it enough. It's on Switch. It's on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's builders. I, it, yeah. yeah, it's, it's on really, Xbox. It's one of those. Like if yeah. you want, if you want to try Minecraft, but. Um, Want a little bit more to it, story wise mm-hmm. and combat wise. I wish it were more like Act Razor or yeah. Soul Blazer. Oh my god, there! Yes, yeah. that's why I love it so much. Love yeah, Act so that's a good so point. Much. Bring yeah. back that's Act one Razor. of my favorite you cowards. Games. Mm-hmm. That needs a reboot. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to a game that just got a sequel. Number three. Don't tell me you believe that bullshit about making peace with the Dark Ones. I wish I had been up in that tower myself to see the missiles fall and watch them burn in their nests. Come on, rabbit. Would you let those things into the metro? Let them crawl into our brains so they could use us like animals. Maybe we could mate with them so the children could live on the surface and feed off the radiation. Shit. You don't shake hands with the devil. You can if he lets you eat radiation. Jesus. In communist Russia, yes. we don't mate with the rats. The rats mate with you. This is Metro. Yes. The, the accent gives it away. The Russian accent gives this away. The Russian accent. It would be a shame if you voted for celebrity president. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, Metro uh, is a series known for its hard-to-reach good endings. It does have them. They are really difficult to to unlock. You kind of have to know what you're doing. And, 
you know, not kill people. <laughs> yeah. Much like the actual former Soviet Union, a lot of luck is involved. You have to, uh-huh. you have to know someone. Yeah. So Metro 2033 is, among other things, uh, a story of you trying to uh, fight a war against the Dark Ones, who are these tall, creepy-looking humanoids with, like, bug faces, and they have psionic powers, and whenever they show up, uh, they sort of kill people around them with their, their minds, and uh, they're, they're hugely feared. They're like boogeymen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at the end of the first game, you have some sort of weird confrontation with them where they're in your head, you're in a series of, like, uh, like this weird tunnel that keeps forming around you in a void. If you manage to fight your way through it, you're at the top of this tower and you can hit the button to launch a bunch of nukes at where they're, th- the Dark Ones are hiding out and wipe them off the face of the fucking Earth. The wise man once said, He who leads a war for the love of his fellow man will defeat his enemies. I led my war protecting my family and friends, protecting my home, the Metro. We had won. But to this day I wonder, when we burned the Dark Ones from the face of the Earth, was something lost as well? Guess what, fucko? Yes, it fucking was. The bombing of the Dark Ones may have been humanity's worst mistake. That you did, Artyom. What if they meant us no harm? But we're trying to communicate. Perhaps the severe pain and loss of consciousness suffered in their presence just meant we were incompatible. Machines with different wiring. Meant we were incompatible. We should have just agreed to disagree and left the room. <laughs> and let them vessels. knock us unconscious. And... <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so Metro Last Light is the, specifically the game we're talking about, which is a game about saying, like, Hey, guess what? That that thing you did that you had thought you had to do was absolutely the wrong move, and you are going to spend this game trying to atone for it mm. by uh, rescuing what, as far as you know, is the last surviving Dark One, a tiny child that you find on the surface at the very beginning. Of course, I could not kill him. And while I am alive and my heart is beating... I will protect him. So I, I always get confused. Last Light's the second one, because yes. 2033 yes. was the original. Yes. Mm-hmm. Last Light's the sequel, and then Redux went back and redid 2033 with like the controls and systems from Last Light. Yeah, well, of... it, 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 was, it was a remaster of both of them, and oh, okay. yes, it did like take the gameplay innovations that uh, Last Light did that kind of made for a more easy, accessible experience, and let you play through Metro 2033 like that. You could also play through Last Light like you did Metro 2033 with like the the analog watch instead of a digital one and uh, you know certain other things to make it a little bit more hardcore and difficult. Mm. But uh, but you know, one thing that makes things really easy is when you finally find this uh, child dark one, mm-hmm. and uh, he decides he's going to help you along. He he uh, enhances your sight so that you can see hiding monsters, for example, um, and. A big part of the game then becomes teaching him morality through your actions and saying, like, okay, we're not going to fight this uh, this demon that's flying around because it's just trying to protect its baby. Uh, I'm going to forgive this guy or I'm going to kill him to teach you a lesson about forgiveness. And you're going to pay too much attention to a billboard about clothing. <laughs> you all wear clothes. I want to. Like you. 
Put on pants and some sort of weird strap around my chest. <laughs> I put on my pants one leg at a time, just like you. Thank you for that blood ninja reference, Leif. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, everybody's so confused by it right now. Um, but yeah, uh, Metro Exodus just came out last week. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously be talking about that in the next segment. Uh, lots of fun. But uh, the, uh, the, I think the Redux versions of, of this are ac- absolutely worth playing. Uh, this is a really good story yeah. that's worth experiencing. And despite the fact that it, it seems like one of the bleakest things imaginable, like all of humanity lives in the Moscow metro. <laughs> Everybody's depressed all the time. Bullets are money. Like... It's it's actually really really you engaging. Like the guy from Google Bardello just it's there. Comedy. You sounded like you were singing like <laughs> Have you ever been Tom? <laughs> uh, what's that? The wedding song they do. Oh man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Uh but the uh yeah, as I was telling Leif earlier, the, these games also taught me uh the the Soviet swear words blin and bliat which <laughs> Basically mean pancake. Which what, does that, what does that mean, suka? Well, blin is it literally means pancake, but it's it's sort of a more family friendly version of bliat, which roughly means fuck. Ah, yes. And now you know. Uh, I called you a bitch in Russian. So what is the what is yeah? What's the good ending? Like, is there a good ending from twenty thirty three? You can get where you don't drop the nukes, or it, no matter what you do in thirty. No, there there is a good ending where you don't drop them, and, and you just you decide to hold back. So last, but so last light definitely just throws all that out the door. Yeah, last light is like, no, you did the wrong thing. You nuke people, and uh, I will say not to get too spoilery, but Exodus does break that cycle. Mm. And it, because Exodus follows the good ending, because the good ending of Last Light is really the only one that could produce a satisfactory sequel, starring <laughs> Artyom and everyone else. I see. Okay, so this, this, so this next, so Exodus assumes the best ending. Yes. Okay. I yeah. gotcha. So, okay, I mean, things are games, looking up these, for the dwellers of these. The always subway. look like Chernobyl, the game to me. Like these games always. No, do that's look Stalker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a diff- different, uh, depressing post-apocalyptic Russian game. Gotcha. <laughs> Involving nuclear fallout. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. Yes, it yes. Is. But it's he, a common genre over there. It's it's, yeah. it's as common as I don't know. <laughs> Tetris. <Yeah. laughs> Another Russian game. <laughs> it's, there's Tetris, uh-huh. and then post-nuclear fallout yeah. and World of Tanks. Weird shooters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. And World of Tanks. Yeah. yeah. Tank games. Tetris and nuclear fallout yeah. games based in the Russian metro. Yep. Everybody's sad because the bombs fell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there's no nuclear explosions in this next one unless it's part of a fatality. Number two. The dog as you I tell, Rechu boy Denizai, he must win. Who remembers this? Well, you said fatality, so I'm going to go uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat Mythologies Sub Zero. That's what you're, you're yes, totally talking yes, about. Yes, right? yes, the best game ever made best for Mortal Nintendo Kombat 64. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's got to be post four. Mm hmm. 
are you seriously wondering about this? <laughs> Never! Uh, no, no. It's, it's Mortal Kombat uh, from 2011, AK, 2011, right? AKA Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat 9. 9. Yes. Yeah. It, it was simultaneously a sequel to a downer ending and a complete reboot for the whole franchise that mm, was right. sort of a soft reboot because it's like it's all within the canon. It's just. Raiden, at the end of Mortal Kombat Armageddon, sends a message back in time to start a new timeline, and hopefully things will go better, which they don't. They get so much weirder. Yeah, so weird. Is this the one that Liu Kang became a zombie in, or has, was he... No, Liu Kang was already before. a zombie, uh, as of, I think, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Deception? Or, no, or, it, I think whatever, whatever the sixth one was. Um, but no, this That's is the one where Deadly Alliance it was Deadly Alliance. The yeah, Deadly Alliance, seventh, the fifth, fifth. Okay, yeah, Deadly Alliance, then Deception, then Armageddon was the last one. Okay. Um, so this follows Armageddon all the way back to the first game, so it loops around. And uh, but this is the continuity where things get really bizarre, and Scorpion's alive again, and Liu Kang is an evil revenant, and uh, yeah, it, people just keep crossing sides back and forth, but this also kicked off a welcome new style of fighting game with cutscenes that then go seamlessly into gameplay where instead of like picking one character and playing through their story, you're playing through the overarching story as a bunch of different characters, obviously, Injustice continued this tradition and Mortal Kombat 10 mm. and I thought you yeah. said when you were talking about new style that you're going to be like and DLC it introduced DLC it with, introduced uh, Jason as DLC well, like, well there was also like the crypt coins or whatever oh. always with a K oh uh, no it, it had been doing that for a while yeah. like the stupid great 3D graveyard that it made you walk around in in uh, Actually, either Deadly Alliance or I Deception that's stupid I think I think it's cool to unlock like bonus content through a thing. It is. I, I just too. I just didn't like the blind box aspect of it. Like, just show me where the characters are, and I'll unlock those. Yeah, yeah. They threw a gotcha game yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was dude. I was a fan of like the campaign in Deadly Alliance where you walked around like the Nether Realm, and yeah, mm -hmm. no, yeah. I don't know. I like weird Mortal Kombat stuff. I so guess you a lot of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's but, true. But this does follow uh, Shao Kahn's ending from Armageddon. Blaze was no match for Shao Kahn the Conqueror. His strength increased tenfold. The forces of light could not fend off his final invasion as he merged each realm with Outworld. But his ultimate triumph was soon to be his downfall. With nothing left to conquer, Shao Kahn was driven to madness. Jesus wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> it was funny that, that first line. It was like the he was like, "Oh, this keeps going. Oh, I gotta keep adding this word to it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, so the very beginning of Mortal Kombat Nine, we kind of see the immediate aftermath of that ending, where uh, every single character lies dead and horribly mutilated on the way up to this pyramid at the top of which Raiden is losing the fight against Shao Kahn mm -hmm. sends a message back in time saying he must, must win. win presumably Shao Kahn must win and I, I think that I read that what it is is that he's saying like no uh, Shao Kahn has to win in Mortal Kombat 3 so that <laughs> the elder gods will intervene and give me new powers oh I thought what he was saying was just stop after the first movie. There's no need for any others. <laughs> I don't know. Annihilation now works as a comedy, sort of in the same way that Street Fighter the movie does. Uh-huh. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. You've but, talked but, yourself into that one. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, Raiden has this plan, and uh, it involves 
uh, the good guys losing deliberately, which doesn't sit real well with the good guys. I had prayed it not true, but you have gone mad, Raiden. Your visions, they are nothing. Delusions of an adult mind. Liu Kang, please. I'm your god. Show some respect. (laughs) Johnny Cage is over there going, Aw, I wanted to punch someone in the balls. Uh, That's all he does. And punches (laughs) off heads. And fathers Cassie Cage. But yes, uh, obviously that's, that's not the only thing that unfolds differently. Like, this was a real gift to people like me who... Grew up in the 90s, like, actually paying attention to the storyline of Mortal Kombat and caring about it, as opposed to, like, 90% of everyone else who just assumed that it had no story and didn't give a a shit. (laughs) No, that's not... It was one of my first deep Wikipedia dives Mm. in history. I was not for Mortal Kombat. I felt like it did a little bit better job than Street Fighter 2 at kind of having a unifying story. Mm -hmm. That's true. Like, Street Fighter 2 was like, okay, you had M. Bison and Shadow Lou Mm -hmm. and all this stuff, but... Yeah, it just felt tacked on. And the fact that every character had this own, their own unique ending. Whereas Mortal Kombat was like, okay, there's this fighting tournament, which, by the way, was just a Bruce Lee movie yeah. you know, premise. It was right? originally yeah. conceived as a, a Bloodsport arcade game after right. the uh, mm-hmm. Van Damme film. Yes, or after the real-life Kumite. Mm-hmm. Which totally exists. By the way, if you go to patreon.com slash laser time, we did a commentary <laughs> for Bloodsport uh, featuring Diamond Dog Dave Rudden. One of his favorite films. Kumite is, is that him and his family watch? It is also one of my favorite films. It yeah. is a wonderful movie. Oh, wow. We got very drunk watching hmm. it. Yeah. Okay, USA. <laughs> my favorite line of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, and you know, and, and I was one of those ultra nerds who was like, No, Scorpion shouldn't be fighting Sub Zero now because in the ending of Mortal <laughs> Kombat 2, Scorpion realized Sub Zero was a new guy and decided to be his guardian. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You're right. I am right, goddammit. Yeah. And things go a little differently at key points in the new timeline. The flow of time has been changed. Our spirit smoked this fate, only to watch this new Sub-Zero fall. No, I will not be turned. So, the original timeline, uh, Smoke, the Lin Kuei Ninja, gets... Transformed into a robot along with Cyrax and Sector, and in this one, Smoke is spared and stays a human, but then Sub-Zero, the beloved Sub-Zero, is taken away and turned into a robot. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I know some Smoke was involved in the writing of this plot. I'll tell you something right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to do when you're stoned. A lot of work. <laughs> uh, but, yes, I... I I do love this game a lot, and I love what Mortal Kombat 10 did. And it's it's weird because I think, like, oh, this game was so much more important than Mortal Kombat 10. But every time I think of plot points from the new timeline, it's like, oh, no, that was 10. I played the shit I think out of the 10. cinematics of 10 a lot. Yeah. 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 yeah I and, uh, can't believe 11's coming uh, in yeah. two months. Oh, God, it's That's almost crazy. here. Yeah. How exciting. I wonder what they'll do next. Probably it won't be as dramatic as this. number of dissidents again repeat the mistakes of the old world. Striking as we celebrate the benevolent savior of time and again offers only friendship and compassion. Yet these trivial actions could never break the bond between humanity and the elders. Ah, yes, the elders. 
who invaded our fucking world. Yeah, this is balls. XCOM 2. Yeah. This is XCOM 2, yes. Yeah. I know this because I interviewed the developers of this game in my brief time as a mm-hmm. game journo. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, they had to <laughs> uh, they had to try to explain why they were doing this because they knew people would be pretty pissed off that they went with the bad ending for one, that yeah. the, the aliens win. Yeah, they had to, the because how are you going to make a sequel? It was like, oh gosh, here they come back again. You know, I mean, they they, yeah. they churned out a shit ton of sequels to the first one. I yeah. think you, you fought uh, creatures from underwater in the sequel, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah. 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 But this makes the story a lot more interesting. As to, it makes uh, it so cool, because yeah, you become this band of rebels that instead mm-hmm. of like a base somewhere, you have a, a ship that's your yeah. base, that you can move around the map. Uh, but yeah, it's... I mean... Hey, a lot of people might not have seen that first ending because the first game or the first remake game, those are super hard games. And so it's actually pretty tough to win. Well, they also might not have seen it because uh, this follows an ending uh, to a scenario that is introduced in uh, Enemy Within. Ah, yeah, the the expansion. Yes, Yes. uh, where the aliens invade your base. What have you done? Answer me! Sir! We're picking up movement near the outer perimeter. Multiple sensors have been tripped. We have a breach. Now, if you fail this sequence, uh, Cannon tells us that the commander, your character, is abducted Mm -hmm. and put into some sort of weird Mm -hmm. stasis pod and made to direct the alien troops in their invasion of Earth. So they, they use you against humanity for... Uh, roughly 20 years, but at the very beginning of XCOM 2, you are finally found and rescued and, uh, dragged back to XCOM's new mobile headquarters where, what's, what's the, uh, the guy's name? Bradford, I think? Yes, Bradford. Bradford is, uh, Mm -hmm. looking considerably more grizzled, but, uh, has some things to say. Just like 20 years ago. (laughs) We were still calling it a war back then. Now, see, I kind of thought maybe when I first heard what they were doing with XCOM 2 that it would be uh, you get you get a sort of Dragon Lords deal at mm-hmm. the end uh, once you face off against the final aliens. So they say like, "Look, we're just trying to toughen you up so we can add you to our invasion force. You'll be honored members of our empire. Why not join us willingly?" Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe you should have led with that, assholes. Maybe we would have done it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I um. God, this is just. Reminding me, I need to go back and beat War of the Chosen for XCOM 2. Yeah. Uh, no, War of the Chosen's really good. And yeah. and like Enemy Within, it doesn't really tinker with the base formula so much as it adds a ton of stuff and adds a new plot line and a new enemy that you have to face. All new campaign, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, not, not all new campaign so much as like a whole new dimension to the campaign. That gotcha. You now have to fight these alien-human hybrid factions, mm-hmm. and you, you can... Uh, uh, ally yourself with one, along with a uh, faction of apparently post-Soviet snipers, mm-hmm. who were pretty awesome. And, uh, and of course, you get uh, support from the old shadowy councilman. Hello, Commander. The council you once knew is no more. Its membership have all sworn loyalty to the Advent Administration. With one exception. It is good to see you again. I'm not a robot, even though I talk like one. Who is that voice actor? That sounds so familiar. I don't know. It is really familiar. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I will say this whole concept of the aliens being in charge, and I remember that, you know, 
back in Half Life Two, you know, where you you started that up, and it was just this depressing thing where the you know humans are just you know subject and everything. And that's kind of what mm-hmm. I was thinking of when I first yeah. started playing XCOM Two. Was that same? It was that same type of feeling. Well, like well, that sucks, but it's uh, you know it's just. Starting point for a more interesting story, I think. Well, if V, the series I was going to say 80s, V. Yeah. If V taught me anything, yes. it gets super hot because you get to bang those aliens. Right, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was actually thinking about mentioning uh, V. I didn't think, I thought that was too old. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, there was a remake you guys are a little I like the me. remake, too. Oh, God, I forgot about yeah. that. Did, did that have, uh, what's her name from Firefly in it? Uh, yes, um, uh, uh, Morena Bracker. Yes. And it had Scott Wolf was the male lead. He played this reporter that... Uh, Kind of ended up being the voice, like, oh, you can trust the aliens, and they kind of mm. won him over, and yeah, it was very good. Hmm. That's the role that made Freddy Krueger famous, isn't it? Oh, uh, the, the original lead? Robert England. Yeah. Hmm. God, I don't... Oh, excuse I me, I, I'm like the youngest one here, I've never seen V. <laughs> <laughs> I think the role that made Freddy Krueger famous says a lot right there. Aliens have to fight a dream demon. Like, oh no, who's this Freddy Krueger character? I hope he doesn't. Hope he doesn't get his own series of movies where he terrorizes the kids on Elm Street. Oh, that would be the. Truth. His powers are illogical, and his motivation is nothing. Motivate this bitch. Oh man, oh, that'd be awesome to hear him say, "Welcome to Earth." <laughs> I'm just thinking of the the Rick and Morty character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to give a, a number zero shout out to the Zelda series yes. because I, oh, the God. only reason we didn't put that in here is because there is not like an actual, well, yeah, sort of, but I mean, there's, there's not an actual canonical end bad ending. Like mm-hmm. they're saying like, oh, well, here, it creates a new timeline if you die in Ocarina of Time and we'll just, yes, if you got all the way to Ganon in two games and shut the game off and never played mm-hmm. again, you, that you've created the canon. Ah, I see. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. Not it's right. so dumb. Yeah. Are, you, are you talking specifically about the timeline split, like the infamous Zelda timeline yes, split? Yes. Yeah. Because then Breath of the Wild also assumes. Yes. Breath of the Wild is just kind of in. Well, Breath of the Wild it plays like the sequel to a bad ending that never actually happened. Right? Yes, that's a good way right. to put it. it play, like you get flashbacks to what was obviously a full and great Zelda game. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> you only get to play through the part that happens a hundred years after you lose. Right. Right. Yeah, but because it, it like there's references to multiple Zelda games in there. I think even. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not one specific Zelda. Yes. Yeah. No, it, it is one specific Zelda. Oh, oh, really? You think yeah. it's, just, it's just an alternate? It's a Zelda we've never played. It's just yes. Okay. A Zelda yeah. that was never made into a game, but you have flashbacks to it. It was very Bioware. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like tech- right? Yes. <laughs> is it like technically every? Uh, Zelda game before Ocarina of Time takes place in the quote-unquote bad end canon uh, or timeline, and every game that yes. happens after it. No, every every game Nintendo can't sell you yeah. anymore yeah. Uh, takes place in the bad time. Oh, you think Nintendo can't z- sell you the original ah, Zelda? Ah, I think oh it can God, sell you the original Zelda. Can't. I'd buy that again. Except yeah. the upcoming Zelda, it's, which takes place in a dream timeline. Link's well, Link. isn't yeah. it a dream timeline that continues from the timeline of Link to the Past? Yes, I think so. All right, then. Still a dream. It is a dream. That Still a dream. A dream. Inspired a dream. by Twin Peaks also. That is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. I think there's like, isn't there like a character who talks to the, to a log in uh, Link's Awakening or maybe? Yeah, yeah, me, the first time playing Link's <laughs> Awakening. I couldn't figure it out. 
man. No, Zelda, Zelda is a good choice. Yeah, they, I think we discussed it and we're like, well, there's sort of a lot of caveats for putting on this yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. And everything's like supposed to be a legend anyway, so you don't really know how much of it was. No, it all happened marketing. exactly like how I played it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it was a bullshit marketing maneuver they cobbled together to try and sell more copies of a Skyward Sword and Hyrule Historia, <laughs> and I don't acknowledge the Zelda timeline yes, at all. True. You probably shouldn't. It's it's saner it's that way. I, and I do like the I, the way that they ran with it in mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, but yeah, as the fact that they're actually being a timeline is dumb. <laughs> How about this hot take? Yeah, the, I don't need there to be canon in Zelda games. They're I all agree. super fun, and I can play them self-contained games, and I don't give a fuck. But Thank I do you. need there to be canons in Zelda games, so please add them. I want to shoot at lines of enemy okay. troops. I'm surprised you didn't go with the easier... <laughs> I want Ganon in Zelda games. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you don't need Ganon in Zelda games. It's all just a giant pig anyway. How about a new villain? It's the I, year I of the think pig. that's actually it. The, the ones that are... The, the Zelda games featuring giant pig Ganon are the ones they don't consider... Hmm. Even the first one? Yeah, because they're all like bad dreams or some shit like that. I don't know. I forget. I haven't looked at it in a while. So no Ganon like, canon. So it was like at the time, the only Zelda games they couldn't sell in a Walmart were the ones that were like, this is the bad ending. <laughs> so you're like, saying Super Mario Bros. Super Show Zelda Ganon is not mm-hmm. canon? I, I think Excuse that's me, not Matt. No, he's he's a Earth 615 uh, <laughs> oh, <yes>. Ganon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm not wearing any pants under this robe. <laughs> you were a little toad there, just you were. Oh uh, yeah, a little bit toad. Really yeah. I don't really wear show so well. <laughs> yeah, all right. They met Santa Claus at one point. I don't know. Oh, Jesus, it was like a fever all dream. Right. Let's roll. I got to take a shit. Okay. <laughs> On that note, uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Been the nightmare, you control it. Artful dodger, easy does it. Shut the closet, get under the covers. Snakes and lovers, turn the lights off. Everybody likes to get taken to turns. To see how bright the fire inside of us burns. And everybody wants to get eaten tonight. But all the Get scratching. This week on Laser Time, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. Because it's uh, the fourth remake of A Star is Born? This is the fourth version of A Star is Born. Well, and on the supporting actor note, the biggest crime about this movie, and that's why this will be my last Oscars, is uh, Andrew Dice Clay passed over for Best Supporting Actor. (laughs) (laughs) I know! (laughs) That was such a weird pick. He's really good at it. It's so fucking weird to say Andrew Dice Clay is great in an Oscar nomination. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) What the fuck is the matter with you, Jack? (laughs) Jack Jack and Jill went up the hill. He's he's fucking crying. Dickery Duck, Academy Stuck My Cock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sweating. That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And welcome back to our final segment where we will just jump straight in without any fanfare whatsoever and talk about... Holy shit! New release for me is Diarrhea, and I want to apologize to all my co-hosts in front of everybody because I've delayed the show twice now because of pooping. Kids, 
Treat Taco Bell responsibly. Uh, I'm just going to shorten that to diarrhea in front of everybody. <laughs> wow. I did. My asshole runneth over. Man, oh, nice. I was going to say, Michael, I mean, that lead-in was almost as quick as the matchmaking for Tetris 99. I know. It's so speedy. Can <laughs> it's you believe so it? so fast getting into games because so many people are playing because that is such a fun game. I, I know Chris talked about it last week, but I... Do have to talk about really quickly Tetris ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that article you posted about the game. I thought it was like I couldn't really see a deeper game to it at all yeah, until I yeah. read that thing that you posted. Yeah, it's there, Tetris. There's but a 99. whole level of strategy that, like, that's the thing is it's still real good when you don't know that stuff. But I, yeah. I forget where I found the article. I posted it to the official Laser Time Facebook group where there's actually strategy there. And once yes. you understand it, there's there's layers of ninety nine. And the first being mm. like. Use that right stick, you guys, to choose mm-hmm. who you're targeting. Yes. Uh, because that's where the metagame is. And so, like, I think you can either just randomly target people, which is the default and is not recommended. Right. You can target, you know, with your, when I say target, it's like, you know, as you clear blocks, it throws blocks on their play field. You can target people who are targeting you, mm-hmm. which sounds like a defensive strategy. It's actually sort of offensive. You end up getting a lot of kills with yeah. this. You can target people, and the kills are related to these things called badges. And so, basically, like as the game goes through phases and, and you eliminate more people, um, you earn by killing people. You earn these things called badges, and the number of badges you earn actually will make it's a multiplier for the number of lines you throw at them Ooh. when you complete lines. And if you get badges, people start going after. Well, you. Well, that's the thing. Like, and yes. one of the targeting option is go after the guy with the most badges because he is super deadly in the end game. Yes. Where it's like if he gets a Tetris, it's going to throw like twenty lines on your field, not oh, just shit. four. Yes. Yeah. And so, or, or actually, I think if you get a Tetris, it's always like five or six not just four there's a multiplier anyway so uh, and then i forget what the fourth targeting option is uh, it might just be person with the most i don't i don't know what it anyway so use that right stick so there's that kind of metagame there's the whole badge system mm-hmm. there is there's also a thing where like on the left side of the screen there's these little things showing when someone's about to drop some lines on your play field yes that can, I, I caught on and you to. can cancel those out but have you caught on to the whole color schemes like there's the red versus the gray oh. and what that means mm, not really I just thought it was like a, a warning system like the brighter it is the the closer it is to drop. Right. I want so, to point this out like the game explains like none of none this of this shit. none no. of this is yeah, in the game <laughs> not even in buried in menus that I was able to find like you have to find it in an article like Chris said like, right. what were your words Chris last week it's it's very free it's certainly it's a free well, game <laughs> that you, you have a level up system and it doesn't show you anything you gain from that at all but like once you discover all this like what the fuck does leveling up have to do with this strategy I still don't I'm know. I'm confused. I don't know. No one knows. I, th- I thought. I think maybe it feeds into matchmaking. It that probably tries to, to throw you in with some brackets with your level, and then if it can't find a match quick enough, it starts to uh, gradually search uh, further out from those levels, mm. is my guess. That's Cause, a cause, good guess. Because the, the level is probably, it's assuming well, he has some level of experience. Here's the thing. If you haven't been playing Tetris 99 by now, it's too late. You're fucked. Don't even start. Because, God, there are some fucking savage Tetris players yes. out there. Uh, the best I've gotten is two. I got number two in a mm. match. Uh, I will say this is like the crucible of Tetris. You'll get way better at Tetris yes. from playing mm-hmm. this game. Because when you get into the top ten, fuck, dude, that is like super fast Tetris. you got to have your T-spins on point. You, yep. Yeah, you really have to know, you know, be holding blocks and putting blocks in the right place and Fuck, it's it's so fast. One of my favorite tweets was the one where somebody was talking about how all these young streamers are just getting destroyed by people with names like Love My Kids 72. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Older people like Older Tetris crowd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I think Michael, you broke top ten at least. I, once. I did. I got three. I um, got three. Yes. Nice. My, in my first couple hours, I, I got as high as number four, and yeah. I, I remember thinking, like, okay, that's enough for today. I've got several other games I need to play to be able to talk about on this segment, mm-hmm. which is not me trying to, to hurry this along. But uh, I think for me, like, I, I have been playing. Tetris all my life. Uh, it's kind of an easy fallback with like eh, nothing else to do. But play yeah. play a little bit of Tetris, and uh, I thought of myself as a pretty good player. So like this one when this came out, this is like a dream come true. It's like finally a chance to try out my skills against other players, see how I do. I held my own pretty well. I think except for like one or two times, I was always like like in the top thirty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's some I've noticed. There's some variants. Like you can get into a match. And sometimes it doesn't get that fast until, like, the, the top ten. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of it depends on who's targeting who yes. at any given time. Like, I've been in some yeah. matches where I could tell people were just targeting me right away mm-hmm. because it was just like, yeah. holy shit, I literally Once 30 or seconds twice, into I was, a match. I was somewhere in the 80s when yeah. all of a sudden, like, it's like two minutes in, my, my screen just starts filling the fuck up. Yeah, like, that's what the hell? I'm still well. on my first Tetris. And so I guess that's there's a little bit of luck and chance involved with a battle royale. It's just game. like, yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's just like PUBG, it's just yeah. like Fortnite. could be yeah. on where you land, could yeah. be, yeah. It's where they spawn the items is going to, it changes, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Tetris 99, Chris was not lying, is very good, and especially if you're not already a Nintendo Online subscriber, it's like 20 bucks a year, and if they keep doing more stuff like this, like releasing free games or exclusives like this, like, Man, that really makes the service worth it. It's almost the best free game of the week. And that's a yeah. good game. Yeah. 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 I could see myself playing that throughout the year on and off. I am trying to not fire it up while we talk right now. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about another game that's free to most people if they have Game Pass, which is Crackdown 3? Yeah. <laughs> I really want to talk about that, yes. Please. So, speaking because... of value. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel, like, I feel like that game got some bad reviews and... Uh, I don't feel that they're deserved. I think hmm. that Crackdown 3 is fun. I think uh, the one thing, the key thing that it's missing, if you're a fan of open world games, is uh, like story missions. It doesn't have story missions. It just plops down a bunch of like outpost-style side quests. Like, go to this uh, monorail station, uh, kill kill the robot overseer after killing a Murder bunch of other robots. Murder everyone, yeah. That was always my problem with Crackdown, though, is I feel like since 1... It didn't have in-depth story missions. Like, this is, you know, GTA 3 was doing in-depth story at the time, and Crackdown Mm -hmm. was always much like, fetch quests, here, go here, kill this. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's what what Crackdown reminds me of. It is GTA for superheroes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way And nobody else makes that game. And and it's a rough around the edges, and it's it's definitely not something I thought I would have to wait five years to see. (laughs) Five? I think it's been like nine Nine, years. It's been nine years since Crackdown 2. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they announced it five years ago. Yeah, this game game doesn't remember Crackdown 2, and neither should you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It does kind of seemingly retcon the kind of subversive nature of the earlier games, in that, like, the agency does not appear to be bad. The agents are not uh, clones grown in a lab. They are all... Actual humans with backstories and individual talents who can Until be regrown you die in a lab. And then you're yeah. a clone grown in a lab. Yeah, but you you <laughs> have a you have a name and a, a personality before that. Goddamn right, my name is Terry Crews. <laughs> not, not every game is Kingdom Hearts three and has the luxury of assuming you're going to remember the plot over the past ten. I mean, years, you yeah. you can play as people who aren't Terry Crews, but really, why would you? Yeah, why that's, would true. You? that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
the structure, it just kind of rubber stamps all these locations around the map. Okay. And so, like, the monorail station I mentioned, when you conquer five out of five monorail stations, the boss of the monorail shows up on the map, mm. and you can Mickey go fight Mouse. them. And Mickey Mouse. It unlocks the Disneyland Hotel it's, station. It's a giant smiley face named Roxy. Um, oh. So you go and that, kill... That's an AI mob boss. Yes, I love it. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you've only been playing kind of half the game, right? Because we were talking... Um, yeah, I guess so. There's there's basically two games here, and they're two executable files that you have to download on your Xbox. Where there's the kind of single player campaign, and then there's what's it called? The it's not the Royal Rumble mode, but it's the something like Rumble Wrecking Zone. Yeah. The wreck, yeah, it's like the that's the mode that has you know all that physics stuff that they when they announced it five years ago they were really mm-hmm. hyping up yes. like all this cloud based physics. Mm-hmm. That's the mode that uses that. That stuff's uh, not in the yes. single player because hmm. I think people rightly. I mean, Sam was over here, and he, he's not—he doesn't play the most games. He's like, "This is a new game." I'm like, yeah, it, it doesn't look—it doesn't look like a brand new game. It seems like a game that's been in development over five years. Let's be honest. Yes, it seems like a game that's been in development over five years and was completely scrapped and completely restarted to meet a launch date. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I—I I don't know. I just did want to say people are right in that respect, but there was a couple of cool articles about like. It's not the first party exclusive that innovates in any way, but there is no other genre like this, and it's still really fun. Yeah, okay. and it's still if you if you have a crackdown itch to scratch, it'll do that. But like, it is it does not have the polish of anything we saw from Sony last year. It, it seems like in a world in a post Saints Row Four world, though, like is the over the top nature of Crackdown Three enough? Like, because. Open world games I mean, got outrageous. It still works. Do you do you need all your games to operate on an escalating scale where everything has to be bigger than what came before? Yes, I do. I'm in marketing, hmm. Michael. This is a problem <laughs> you make. Fair enough. Um, no, this this is a game where I I was playing it and I kept thinking like this is really dumb. I should go play something else. All right, after after I conquer this next outpost. Okay, after okay, uh, I'm almost close enough to open the monorail boss, so I'll just get the last monorail and then I'll go do the boss fight and then I'll go do something else. And yeah, it's... once I can get all the agility orbs I can see in my field of view, I'll stop playing and then you just keep going. Yeah, yeah. it's super fun. It sounds a bit like Far Cry New Dawn to me. It's one of nice those games way. that <laughs> it is a, it's a it's a sort of a checklist where I can't stop playing Far Cry New Dawn because I'm right. like ah there's another outpost hey, you know what I can I can scavenge in this outpost and so I've been playing a lot more of that I've, I had to tell somebody that just uh, well the Aaron's who were on the show recently because they they play like four or five games a year as, as to as many as we play and they yeah. love Red Dead and like how's it compared to Red Dead and like uh. Uh, it's like it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't, but like it, like you know what I love about Red Dead is the story, and this game doesn't really give a fuck about story. I have no point am I sitting and watching someone tell me what's happening. I, I'm just playing. So I actually have once again VGA Hot Strat um, play through the story missions. Typically with a Far Cry title, what I'll do is I will just go do the side stuff and get super OP and become like godlike, and then go to the story. Mm-hmm. There is a point in the story, and it's not very far in. It probably will only take you maybe an hour, maybe two hours, where the story, the main story, will unlock a new set of perks mm-hmm. that yeah, I don't, don't want to spoil really, too yeah, much. That's and crazy stuff. Yeah. Those are I, a I don't know game I changer. I, so the you way I learned it about that. it yeah. is yeah. Ubisoft was doing a promotion where if you like watch certain streamers on Twitch, you it unlocked the Twitch drop, which mm-hmm. is for a gun. By the way, I'd leveled past it. Well, whatever. I got my free gun, and I was watching, and I'm like. 
where'd you get a double jump? Mm. And the guy's like, yeah, you got to go do this quest and you meet this. I'm, I don't want to spoil the story, but basically. That's enough dude, of a spoiler. There are, I, there played, are I played four, for a, maybe a dozen hours. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. There, there are a set of basically perks that are, you know how Chris, you always talk about like Far Cry games make you like a superhero. No, this makes you a superhero. You bet you can unlock a double jump, uh, a kind of like a rage mode, which increases your speed. Where you, if not you... to spoil too much, but you're gonna spoil <laughs> you're them all. Spoil it at all. <laughs> no, dude. Again, I played way too much of this game to have anything like this spoiled. I can't believe this is here. No, this. I'm, I'm just gonna talk about gameplay mechanics. I'm not gonna spoil the story of how you get them, but it's important. People need to know about these are cool powers. There's a rage mode where you can punch someone and you're super powered. Uh, there's a mode where you can basically become invisible and you can sneak around. Like it is a game changer. Like it makes that game. I don't know. It, it makes it like the superhero game. It makes it basically Crackdown. Well, yeah, I was going to say, for, yeah, Far Cry yeah. Crackdown. And it's not, <laughs> come on, you guys are acting like it's very far into the story. It's it's like, you, he he's if, you mainline the, if you mainline <laughs> the story, you get it within ton. an hour or two. I mean, well, it, it really depends on how you approach the story. And I'm just going to say, uh, follow the New Eden path. Yes, um, yes. But I, I, like you, Chris, I had no idea. And I was very happy with the game as is. Once I Dude, I have maxed perks. out all of my other perks. I don't have these perks. Dude, you need to go yeah. get these. They're complete. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. They're complete game changers. Like it makes the like, you know, when you're like getting around the environment, you're like, fuck, I gotta go around because I can't climb up this hill. Fuck that with this double jump. It's not only like a double jump. It's like a catapult. It lunges you up and forward like super high. It makes getting up hills like. It's the best thing. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Uh, okay, have you have you conquered the uh, the island outpost, Chris? I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't know that I yeah. there's an outpost there yet. Well, it's it's northeast of of there. You just make a beeline to like you'll you'll see like a, a fort surrounded by like wooden logs. You have to do it as part of the story of the main story, though. You can't you, just go you, there. Yeah, right? you can just go. there. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did, and I knocked on the door. Someone shook their head and said, uh-uh. Yep. <laughs> that means you're close. Yeah. That someone, I could really spoil shit right now, Michael. All right, all right. <laughs> it wasn't a challenge. <laughs> uh, but no, dude, that that is a game changer, and a game I was already really loving made it way better to me. Yeah, dude, I, I think about me. I played I played this for so long. Like, if I could get whatever these things are you're talking about, oh, my God. You're going to love it. Yeah. Dude, you're going to love it. So I've, I went back, and now... I've gotten to the point where I fully leveled up all of my home base, um, and so I don't mm-hmm. need petroleum, but I still have some of ethanol. the- I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Ethanol. I still it's have- corn-based. Yes. You still true. need petroleum, Matt. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- um, I'll tell you when you're older. Gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I have nothing to spend it on, but I still like doing uh, the bases, like capturing mm-hmm. the enemy outposts, because that's, that's how you get the most ethanol. Yeah. But it's like, well, I've I've maxed out every everything in your base really is tied to your character power, right? And so there's you know you upgrade a thing in your base and you get better grenades or more grenades and one upgrade your health and um, yeah, man, I I just I really like Far Cry New Dawn and uh, go play it. Well, I, I I wasn't I wanted to talk about something with Crackdown. Sure. I don't I don't know is is in the news. It's it's more of a newish item, but it's more interesting towards a new release game since. This is kind of Microsoft's first big Game Pass game, right? I mean, I think yeah, people, got, like the, people uh, got their Forzas, and but Forzas come out every eight months. Forza and, Horizon to me was a big Game Pass game, but it's, yes, it's I, totally I, a I big concur. game. But it's it's not nothing compared it's to Crackdown, which is not an annual game, right. uh, doesn't have an annual audience, yeah. and is anticipated by people like me for ten years. Got Game Pass, we didn't pay for it. The yeah. news was 
that more people on Xbox 360, one anyway, played more people played Crackdown than played Far Cry New Dawn, which more people are buying. But since people aren't buying Crackdown, they're playing it because they already paid for it through Game Pass. Yeah. That led... We're now talking Netflix statistics for video games, and yeah. I thought that was crazy you, you interesting. You only have to pay ten bucks to play Crackdown Three, you know? essentially. And, and if you do like, their their promo, I think it's a it's still like a dollar for your first. I month. paid a hundred dollars, got the whole year. Yeah, and uh, and and that's what they're talking. And like, so I believe Microsoft is crowing about Crackdown being a huge success, regardless of critics and game sales. Yeah. But for Game Pass, where they want to eventually make their money, that's nuts. They have in the past crowed about the fact that, like, they have statistics saying, like, if a game is in Game Pass, it theoretically increases the sales. Like, they, they show that, like, when yeah, they put I, games I in Game it. Pass, it increases the sales of those games. And so... I don't doubt it. If, if you could buy a Netflix movie, like, on demand because you didn't have access to Netflix because all of Twitter is talking about it. I mean, think about it. There's so many fucking Netflix movies we talk about that, let's be honest, aren't great. Yeah. But since we all have it at the same time, it becomes a phenomenon. Yep. Whereas games have a super high barrier to entry, and with Game Pass, they don't really have that anymore. In a game that I think IGN gave Crackdown Three a five. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the reviews mm-hmm. have not been kind of Crackdown Three. No, they haven't. And I, yeah. well, I can, I mildly disagree with some of those reviews. Like it turns out, it didn't matter because more people were playing it, which is a much more yeah. interesting yeah. number to yeah. as to, to a gamer than people who have bought a game. Actually, that's kind a great of. segue to another new release this week. Hmm. A game you can play if you pay for a subscription service that is not getting great reviews. Mm-hmm. That Michael's played. Yeah, uh, Ant Him. Ant Him. It's it's yeah. a game about uh, ants and Ant-Him. where they cuff their pants. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. That was excellent. No, I still don't get it. Um, uh, yeah. So, so Anthem is another one where oh god, the reviews damn it. are now pretty, I understand. The reviews are pretty middling on Anthem. They're, they're, yeah, it's, it's I was middling about it the second I saw it. It's, it's like, yeah. yeah, it looked like it was trying to rip off a genre I was already kind of tired of. Tell me, Michael, if I'm currently a Destiny player, which mm-hmm. I am. Why would I want to play Anthem? Well, if you're like me and you don't particularly enjoy Destiny, um, I mean, it's... <laughs> There's no accounting for here's, here's the thing. Anthem, just playing the early hours, feels really, really good. The shooting is super fun. The jetpack is super fun. The I combat lo- is good. I yeah, I, I even like that the jetpack overheats, causing forcing you to go into a nosedive in order to cool it off. Like, I think that's a fun mechanic. Mm-hmm. It's got a big open world that, again, you can explore like your fucking Iron Man with rifles. But then it does, like, past those first initial missions, it starts basically just sending you out on EverQuest-style gathering quests. Like, I, I kind of stopped cold when it gave me the first uh, go out and find three ember pieces. And I'm like, you haven't told me what this is or where to find it or what it looks like. Now like, you sound like Destiny. Alright. Yeah, just go out and find them. And it like I look it up, it's like, oh, okay, you just find them randomly in chests or whatever. But that's a weird thing to just put in your way like you can't progress until you've gone out into the world in free play mode which by the way you can't play privately you have to have other players in here for for player mm-hmm. can you can do that thing i think monster hunter does where you can like set your world to private though right you can but not in free play it forces really? you to go public yeah, you just Ooh. ask him baron's chat where it is <laughs> <laughs> oh wow wow baron's chat reference you are an old nerd like. i am an old nerd yeah. so but here's the thing you said you out into the, the world there's only one world, right? There's only one main that I've seen. Yeah, no, that's what I've I've oh. heard. There, the entire game has one world. That's hmm. it. 
Like, Destiny's got multiple worlds, man. Uh, it, it, the reason I'm comparing it to Destiny, it has a really similar... Because yeah. they ripped off Destiny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Even to the point of having, like, a convoluted story that doesn't make any See, sense. See, that's the problem with the Anthem. They shouldn't have put... Okay, I know it's Bioware, and we got to have the story and stuff, but the fact that they try to shoehorn the big Bioware story into there is... But is bullshit. it Bioware No, anymore? it's not. It's not the same Bioware. It's that not, Bioware's no. gone. But that's the thing, is they wanted to put that... St- so, whoa, it's Bioware. we got to have story in it. That's what people expect. I think it would be a stronger game if they didn't try to push that so hard. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, another game that I'm only a few hours into, but I uh, could probably say more about is Metro Exodus. Oh, yes. Uh, which is, it's Metro. If you've played Metro Last Light, it feels very similar in terms of its mechanics. Uh, you like the Epic Store. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing it on Xbox One X, which I hear is seems to be the lead skew from a person who did a graphics comparison video. Well, they, they have the, the partnership where, like, yeah. Microsoft is sort of involved. In, yes. Uh, like, the trailers basically have the Microsoft logo on it, which typically mm-hmm. means, oh, they're working with Well, it was, it was kind of pushed as an Xbox One X game, or a That's game that would take advantage of it. And yeah. it looks really, really good. Um, I, I will say for, for fans of the Dark Tower, uh, be prepared to fight some lobstrosities early oh, on. Awesome. They don't they don't go dot a chick dot a chum. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's Rock Lobstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, the, I, it, it struck me that the concept is very similar to Far Cry New Dawn and that they both involve venturing above ground uh, yeah. decades after a nuclear apocalypse because uh, so the first two Metro games are based around the idea that all of the remnants of humanity, like roughly 50,000 individuals, are crammed together into the Moscow Metro and are rapidly chewing through each other's lives and dwindling supplies as they try to keep society going. Metro Exodus uh, introduces the idea that maybe that's not the case. Maybe there are other people out there. Maybe there are areas that aren't completely irradiated and are safe to breathe in without a gas mask. Maybe there are super irradiated fucking bears that you have mm-hmm. to fight <laughs> in a game where is That's it still true. like bullets are super valuable? Like bull- bullets are yeah. Currency? So okay. the way that uh, Metro's currency works is that military bullets, like actual pre-war manufactured bullets are incredibly valuable. Oh, they, they are both money and they are very uh, effective ammunition. So it's like this can kill things much better than the crafted ammunition that you make yourself and which is shitty and which nobody <laughs> will accept as money. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like for this one military bullet, you can get a dozen shitty bullets. <laughs> but, right. uh, but I haven't really run into an opportunity to use the economy so far, but... Um, so the the idea is that you and your squad are on this train and you're traveling across the countryside and things will happen to you along st- stops along the way. So uh, early on, you get stuck in this like waterlogged area, you know, surrounded by this huge lake and you go and row out on the lake and you get attacked by these giant shrimp creatures and you meet some religious fanatics who think that electricity is the devil and you you help a, a, a mother and her child and uh, and like, rescue like, a mechanic. It sounds like Fallout a little bit, but yeah. like a more serious Fallout. Um, it, it's well, I mean, any post-apocalyptic thing is going to have that in common. It's it's certainly, I think, a little bit more cinematic than Fallout. It kind of yeah. reminds me of Bioshock mm. in the way that it presents its story, and 
uh, one thing that I keep hearing over and over again is like, so I'm, I'm in an open area right now. Like this, this area that I'm describing is, you know, where I left off. And, uh, but it, it points out like, uh, oh, look at that hangar over there. That's where this uh, fish that the locals worship lives. You could go kill it if you want, or you can go over and, uh, you know, at- attack these people at this bridge and lower it for your train or... Um, Nuclear whistles. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the nuclear whistles? But uh, then Alameda. It, but it will it will alternate like uh, linear and open areas. So like the first couple hours of the game are very linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stealth. So kind of uh, the the way that I like to think of Metro is that it will funnel you into these areas that are a lot like Far Cry outposts, where ah. you have a bunch of guards that you can hunt. And uh, you can you can just go in guns blazing and tear your way through them. You can go stealthy and uh, headshot people with a silenced pistol, or you can go non-lethal. And it turns out there are excellent reasons to go non-lethal this time around, that uh, your actions will affect the immediate outcome of the story. They will affect the ending. So uh, bear that Non-lethal in at all? Like, do you, you don't even knock them out? Oh, or? you can knock them out. Okay, okay. So or Metal, you can Metal Gear non-lethal, them. or you yeah, can put yeah. them to sleep. Right? Exactly. Okay. Right. Permanent brain damage, but put them in and and when <laughs> right yeah Luke, when yeah. you sneak up behind people, you have like two icons will appear, a fist and a knife. So you can just be like, I could do a non lethal knockout, but I'm gonna fucking stab you. If this was Red Dead Redemption two, I'd hit the wrong button every <laughs> fucking time, and then ram your horse into a tree, <laughs> and then get arrested. Try, trying to do a stealth kill, and I punch his horse. <laughs> Saw what you did to that horse. Yeah, you're going down, lawbreaker. Oh my god, if you're in San Denis, you would just have like forty cops shooting. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> yeah, but I but feel yeah. like we're about halfway through. Was it last E3? There was a couple articles pu- uh, published. Like, look at all the post-apocalyptic games coming in 2019. Yeah. We're about halfway through. Yeah, because in three weeks we get Division Two. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and then Days Gone is coming uh, in a couple months as well. I anyway. feel like we're we're burning through all the big promised releases before Very E3. Early, yeah, yeah. Well, makes me wonder yeah. what's going to be announced. You wonder why Sony's not showing up to E3. Well, yeah. game marketing is a different beast now where you used to have like longer leads, but nowadays it's like Mortal Kombat, which is like, oh, by the way, we're coming in four, four months. months. Nowadays, yeah. it's like uh, Apex Legends. Like, hey, we got a by game. By the way, it's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to when it's on the level of like mobile game marketing where it's like, yeah, it's, it's announced a week before it's available. Yeah, yeah please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we were, just, we were just talking about that in 30, 2010, like the idea of... If sorry, it was involving Martin Shorts and Whoopi Goldberg's Alice in Wonderland movie from 1999. But like that, they announced those things like two months ahead of time, and you can't—they don't do that with TV programs anymore. No, the idea of like here's what's coming up two months from now. No, this comes in two weeks. It's live. Be there or miss it forever. I think the Netflix economy has changed that. It's like it's live. Go binge that thing. Watch it now. There's there's no. I mean, the only one that still does that a little bit is like HBO teases stuff. Like they're teasing Game of Thrones. Hey guys, we're still working on Game of Thrones season eight. Just wanted to to poke you with this little teaser, mostly info, mostly graphics, and it's a beer commercial. Yes, that's right. Jesus, what the fuck was with that, dude? I'm just hoping that character is dead and they stop with the dilly dilly bullshit. (laughs) Oh, the Bud Knight or the the King character. Mm -hmm. They're both bad. <laughs> what are we talking about? Metro. <laughs> Metro. Metro. We're talking about how times they are changing, mm-hmm. which is what all of our podcasts kind of end up going yeah. into. I, I really like Metro Exodus, yeah. what I've played so far. It is, uh, like, it takes a little while to get off the ground, but once it does, it's like, this is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, just real quick, to cover a 
an older new game. Uh, I got into Wargroove mm-hmm, over the weekend, yes. mm-hmm. and I'm having an amazing time. That's fun. Um, and I, Michael covered most of it. I will just say there appears to be a fledgling community that's creating some really good UGC, and you can download like new campaigns and new maps. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of video game there for $20. Like It's worth yes. your money. It's, oh, it totally it's so much game there. Because yeah. uh, I, I got into... Both the campaign and then the the built-in arcade mode, which is kind of just like fight waves of uh, these other kind of main enemies. And then the other, I downloaded a couple maps. One of them is like a dating sim for my dog character, the dog <laughs> hero. That's right. Uh, Caesar. Caesar mm-hmm. the dog. So, yeah, Wargroove, just as good as Michael said. It's really good. Go play yeah, that. Fantastic. Excellent on Switch. You can take it with you. That's what I bought it on Switch. There you go. And really, if you're like me and you have multiple systems, including a Switch, uh, anything with this kind of pixel art graphics, get it on Switch. Because, like, I don't really need this in 4K with, you know, uh, pixel HDR. Pixel art 4K is, right. <laughs> it defeats the it purpose. It looks terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Although, give man, you a headache. Golf story on Xbox One, mm-hmm. I guess. Huh? No. Uh, all right. But, yeah, that about does it for new releases, unless anyone wants to... Say anything else about uh, this? Uh, Stars Born came out on DVD, so if you ah, right. heard the heard the Oscar time yet, you know where Stars I stand. Aww. <laughs> oh, I love that song now. Uh, anyway, let's move on. I like the matte version. We should close out with that one because uh, <laughs> even Laser Time listeners hate the show Oscar Time. So they might not have <laughs> really? heard it. Really? Oh man, it's one of my favorite yeah. shows of the year. Yeah, I mean the people the people who do it love it, and the people who uh, are uh, our listeners don't. You know what it is? I don't think they hate it. It's that. It gives me like guilt and FOMO from not seeing most of the nominees. It's it's just a reminder, like, wow, I am this far behind on this year's entertainment uh, offerings. That's all yeah. it is. And they were most of them were too busy seeing Battle Angel Alita for the second time. Oh, so yes. I can understand. You mean why you don't Aquaman? Think about the favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. As we translated, yes, in the Roma sketch. All right, all right. Well, let's move along. Do we have any Hollow Knight players here uh, oh, yeah. in the ephemeral yeah, chat some. room? Okay. Sure. Well, then you might be excited I'm to embarrassing know. Yeah, I'm never definitely excited. <laughs> you might be excited to know that Hollow Knight is getting an official sequel called Hollow Knight Silk Song uh, that began as a DLC. Hmm. Uh, that they said, you know what, this is getting so big mm-hmm. that we're going to make it its own game. Uh, it stars Hornet, uh, the spear-wielding heroine from uh, the original game. There's no launch date yet. Uh, the, it's it's an all-new kingdom, new enemies, new bosses, towns, quests, and everything. Uh, and it's coming to PC, Mac, and Linux. Weird first. Oh, Linux. Hey, I'm uh, happy to see the Mac. <laughs> and and Switch. Yeah. And Switch first, yes. in an odd twist of things. And then Xbox One and PS4 later. Yes. So have that to look forward to whenever. I don't know. Here's a little thing. Um, so Sony Japan is ramping down production on the Vita. And as Michael said when I told him this, Sony was still making Vitas? That's <laughs> well, the that news. That seems like <laughs> the bigger story. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it was still that it was more that Sony was still supporting Vita. The, mm. same, the way that, like, you know, mo- some people, we played our Game Boy Advances, SPs, it, for years and years after they stopped making games for it because they were still playable, where... There's no guarantee your Vita will, won't be a brick in one month with no support. 
true. But this they were this production. They, yeah, they were more than supporting. This was they were turning off production. I think this speaks more to Vita had a better life in Japan. Yes. Um, and and so I think because that's old I, ancient history. I won't here. say it was a thriving platform in Japan, but certainly more successful. Oh, I, I saw way more 3ds's every time I was there. Every time, and that was when the Vita had a bunch of new shit coming to it. Yeah, man, well, the Vita was such a cool system. And I think I and remember what I said on this show a billion times: just make a Vita, the Wii U pad for my PS4. Right. And. Yeah. And somebody has to compete with the Switch on that front. Well, for a little while, they were doing that. Um, they were trying there to. There were certain yeah. games that certain let games you did. do that. Like yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I can't. Rem- I think it was on just PS3. Yeah. Uh, let you mm-hmm. use the Vita as a controller, I mean, which was cool. The promise of the whole play your PS4 games on your Vita through the, like, the, the streaming thing was super cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like enough... Either people didn't take advantage of it or games... Uh, it doesn't make sense for people playing on the go to stream their fucking games, period. But in terms of being a Switch, the Vita could do the Switch stuff now with PS4 games. It's just, eh, we don't... How legal do we want to make cross-buying and cross-saving and all that yeah. shit? Well, they, they kind of... Didn't they get sued at some point because they really talked up that as a feature? Like, it'll be like... Mm-hmm. Uh, seamlessly, so. you just yeah. take your PS4 games yeah. on the go. Yeah. Or there was games. a whole yeah. Yeah, thing, because I almost bought into it where... It, for me, it would make perfect sense of like, hey, my console's in one room, but I just want to be like chilling in another room on my couch and still be playing a game. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds cool. I, my understanding was it just never quite worked. No. That well. well, I mean, it really. I think it worked well with PS4. Like I remember playing Persona Persona Five remotely on my Vita, and it was great. And it worked. Okay. Uh, yeah. The only thing is, you need a strong Wi-Fi network. Yes. And mm-hmm. when you're traveling. Uh, this is how you find out hotel internet is really <laughs> shitty. Garbage. Yeah. Yes. Really bad. Garbage. Yeah. And I do all my gaming the same place as most of you do. Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also not very good. <laughs> nope. Not very good. There's no way I can hold it. Turns out public There's no way I can sucks. stream God of War latently uh, <laughs> at a Chipotle. It's not going to happen. Um, so uh, Square Enix had their earnings call, as many of these companies have recently, and they revealed some interesting stuff. So first of the all... The Quiet One is our best-selling game of all time! Uh, well, no, I didn't... No. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Shocker. Uh, it underperformed. Hmm. Uh, I think we all kind of felt... When I saw it was I going was on sale fatigued, right away, yeah. it felt like it was... Only 4.12 million copies. They'll right. have to sell right. their children. I That's know. the thing, yeah. It was only, only 4.12 million. Um, they call that underperforming. Their horses are going to have to go to public schools. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tragic. Uh, Just Cause 4, they said, did fine. Um, it helped their earnings, is all they said. They, they did say they expect to increase sales through, quote-unquote... Other initiatives, read sales and DLC. Um, so yeah, Just Cause Four. They said with with Just Cause Four and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, their earnings were, I guess, fine. I'm guessing they're going to do a whole lot better with. I think they're on the the fiscal, so their Q4 would include Kingdom Hearts Three. So. There are significant updates coming to Red Dead Online. You guys all playing Red Dead it. Online, right? Played it no two Once. hours. <laughs> <laughs> The the coolest mode that it was I was reading about here is there's um, it's like a King of the Hill mode where not Hank Hill. What? Guys, <laughs> <laughs> knew that come. Uh, where you you basically it's the guy you you rock like a golden set of armor and everyone tries to kill you, mm-hmm. and you get rewards for killing the player that's rocking that golden set of armor. 
Sounds like it's real all life. Toilet it's historically play. accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like the Wild West that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, pan shot! Pan shot! Pan shot. <laughs> right! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd imagine you'd be pretty unstoppable in that armor. Sort of like another unstoppable character, Mr. X. Ah, yes. Mr. X is so unstoppable, he's coming to PUBG Mobile. He's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you. In the one of the weirdest crossovers in recent memory, uh, it's a limited time event mode in PUBG Mobile. Uh, zom- the zombies survive till dawn mode brings zombies, uh, the liquors from Resident Evil to remake G1 and Mr. X himself is coming to, uh, one of the maps in PUBG mobile. Uh, if you manage to take him down, you get rewarded with in-game items, including some Resident Evil 2 outfits and the theme music. I mean, to be fair, PUBG is always trying to like... You know, oh, look at Fortnite doing all these cool tie-in events. We need to do something, guys. I was going to say, it's always trying to keep up with Fortnite Mobile. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, so this is one of the more interesting ones I've seen, honestly. Uh, uh, I I have to say, this isn't even my favorite Mr. X story to appear in the news. Yeah. Uh, I, I... I love PC Gamer's tweet pointing to their story about this, saying, uh, finally, a modder fixed Resident Evil 2, and the picture is just huge, muscular, (laughs) mostly naked Mr. X wearing nothing but flip-flops, sunglasses, and a thong with the umbrella logo. Mr. XXX. (laughs) Mr. Sex. I'm going to, I know he had nothing to do with it. I will give Tyler Wilde credit for that tweet. How's that? (laughs) Oh, I I remember that they were, uh, maybe it was Samuel Roberts, they said that we had the most fun trying to figure out the headline for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we talked a little bit about, you know, Crackdown 3 was a long time a-coming. Uh, there's another game that seems to have been announced forever ago. So Dreams on PlayStation. Yeah, 4. that was announced before PS4. Like when when PS4 was announced. It's it, this is the Media Molecule guys. Yes. Uh, well, it's it's, it's because Dreams uh, has been changing every day in every possible way. That's right. The development. That's right. Oh goddamn it! I ruined my cranberries reference. Oh okay. <laughs> Move along. I was going yes. Van Halen. I, was going, I got it. I was going Van Halen. That's what Dreams are made of. <laughs> Uh, oh, but, I, God, I should have done that one. The kids love Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Van Hagar, even. Not even like original OG Van Halen. I did see a few weeks ago, apparently it's been in beta dreams, not Van yeah. Halen. Uh, and someone <laughs> broke embargo and posted video. They recreated PT in dreams. Jesus. Yeah. Well, you we might be able to play that soon because it's coming this spring. As an early access game on PlayStation 4, and there's not Ooh. many of PlayStation doesn't do the early access stuff, uh, and it's coming for $30. So you will be able to pretend that you're going to build your own levels and worlds and actually just play through a few of someone else's and go, yeah, that wasn't as fun as I thought, and put that game down for only $30. Yourself. You'll $30? Have the oh my god, it is. Yeah, early access wow. game. I was not expecting the 30 And that is what dreams are made of, and that <laughs> is all the news that's fit to play. Yeah, right. I suppose. Well, let's get into our community segment, which, as always, is segmenting... The community! The community. That's right, man. Uh, well... (laughs) (laughs) Now you're just patronizing. It's your fucking catchphrase. I'm trying to make it happen out here. I'm on the front lines making this happen, and Michael's giving me shit. Yeah, Yeah, meanwhile, Michael's giving you that'll do, pig. (laughs) You're holding up the barbed wire for me to crawl through, and I'm like, higher, higher. He actually pat me on the forehead when he said that. It was was endearing and yet emasculating at the same time. What was the last week's question of the week? Uh, what's your favorite romance in a game? Yeah. Yes. So first responder from VigiGameApocalypse.com was Laser Time Rules, hello again, who said, without getting into spoilers, I did enjoy the romance arc 
for Phoenix Wright in the third game, Trials and Tribulations. It was a bit far-fetched, but I did feel like that was the first time Nick ever felt love before man-crushing on Edgeworth. Mm-hmm. What is love? Baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Don't no hurt more. me. No more. No more. Uh, Matt Burnell says, I love the relationship between Link and uh, Mipha in Breath of the Wild. Uh, though you can only see it play out through memory sequences, you can tell they genuinely cared for one another so much so that, uh, spoiler alert, the champion power you acquire from her prevents you from dying because she cares for Link's well-being so m- that much. It was a cute relationship to watch play out, especially for my boy Link, despite the overall tragic outcome. It is the best power you can unlock in that goddamn game where you never have to worry about your health again that's true you're go for that one first yeah mm-hmm. just a reminder link uh sleeps with the fishes <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time that he's had a romance with a zora lady this yeah. is true you don't need to bring any lubricant sorry I, like matt talked about petroleum earlier <laughs> his fault uh v money says the all-timer for video game romance is still titus and yuna in final fantasy 10 no other game has done so much to make me believe in the developing what are you laughing at chris what are you laughing at <laughs> in the developing relationship between two people quote-unquote people that start the game as strangers other than the last of us which is not a romance no uh and not to spoil the ending of a 20 year old game but the moment where Yuna passes straight through Titus puts me in tears every single time. Before she kicks his ass to the curb, becomes <laughs> a pop singer, Lady Gaga style, yep. mm-hmm. saying Star is born. Mm-hmm. Go Star is born. Yep. So we got Tony Boy, who says, Kinsey and Saints Rose 4 romance is the most concise representation of what I want for my video game romance. A proposition and a right hook to the face. <laughs> I also accidentally romanced Jack in Mass Effect 2 by trying to annoy <laughs> her. Yeah, I, hey, I, I was a Jack person. <laughs> but ended up being pretty fond of her in the long run. Uh, well, from Twitter, at Snowbird says, Got to be John and Abigail Marston. For their true to life cracked relationship, yeah. you know they do. You know they don't know if they should be together or if they're if they're just there for the sake of Jack. But by the end of Red Dead Redemption One, you know they are destined to be together. So you do know they should be. <laughs> My friend, did you play also, through too. the ending of Red Dead Redemption One? Right. <laughs> and you should. Yes, if you thought that was good, you should play through Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Samael seventy six says. Geras Vicarian and Femship, always and forever. But if you'd like non-Bioware, yes, please. Chloe and Max from Life is Strange is damn close. Mm. Uh, agreed. Yeah, man. Life is Strange season one. Go back. Go play that. Excellent. Excellent. Um, uh, from the official Laser Time Facebook community, Chris Lechosit. I'm having trouble with your last Lechosit? name. Huh? Like Like us it? Like us it? Tom Likus. Tom Likus yeah. says... Tom Likas says, never take a lady out for dinner. She'll just rip you off. It's Flash Friday on VGA. <laughs> I don't remember what Tom Likas sounds he like. Sounds I think like he it's goes, pronounced really? like before there was a Google and you said, I'm going to Lycos it. Uncharted's Drake and uh, Elena are for best romance. You see the relationship developed from the professional distance of the first to playing video games as a married couple all the way to the end of UC4. There are so many ups and downs that they, they don't even stay together through the entire series, but they stick it out and strengthen their bond through it all. Uh, even if you won't consider it the best, it's definitely one of the most realistic couples in games. Outside of the way they look, yes. Yeah, I agree. 
Andrew Jacchetti says, So my favorite romance of all time is a little unorthodox because it results in you ending up old and alone. I'm talking, of course, about the bastard Geralt ending for uh, uh, Witcher 3. When I played through for the first time, I had been conditioned from Witcher 2 to assume, yeah, if this NPC wants to bone at the end of a quest, well, that's just Witcher. So, of course, I romanced both Triss and Yennefer without knowing what would happen. Oh, man, you totally knew what would happen. So you could say I was genuinely surprised when I got the letter to meet both of them at the tavern. My first thought was, I know this is the Witcher, but it feels pretty scummy to reward me with a three-way for being a bastard. <laughs> so I absolutely loved when the game ripped the rug out from under my feet with that delight delightful easter egg organically discovering that <laughs> that without having it spoiled was totally worth the getting the quote bad ending especially since more romance was to be had in the dlc i also like doing something similar in persona 5 but with way more women yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kelly ryan says i know a lot of people didn't like final fantasy 13 but i think that snow and sarah's relationship in the game was more real and heartwarming uh, than the romance they uh, tried to shove down our throats in Final Fantasy VIII. The cutscenes with those two together genuinely tugged out my heartstrings, and when they got back together at the end of the game, I cried my eyes out because I was so happy for them. It's a shame the sequels kind of ruined that bit of the original game, uh, but this is another rant for another day. And uh, yeah, I'll save it too. Like I am totally having a uh, uh, total recall of what you're talking about. I have never thought of it since. I'm not saying it's not saying you're wrong, but I forgot about I forgot about snow in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wasn't cloud. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's or, an old or reference. Squall. To, yeah. Or thanks, thanks that Games Radar editor who said, "Is this cloud?" <laughs> oh really? Oh. Okay. Right, way back in the day. Oh God, I got cloud confirmed for Final Fantasy 13. It's a blonde oh. guy. Clearly, they're the same. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, all right, new question of the week. What's the worst ending from any game you've ever played? Uh, for me, this is a pretty big question, but two immediately spring to mind. Mm-hmm. First is very short. Fist of the North Star on NES is a balls-hard slog of a game that is unforgiving and hateful, and if you manage to make it to the end, your reward is one static credit scene with like some line art of Kenshiro. Yeah, it sounds um, like the NES, right? Success. <laughs> uh, second is uh, there was an Xbox shooter original xbox called pariah that i don't know if anybody's played it was sort of a a halo like it was very pretty it was kind of dumb and the ending is that uh you find this girl that you've been after through the game and uh she's hooked up to all this machinery and the bad guys are going to use her for something and she's like you've got to end it you've got to you've got to kill me you've got to end it and your character's like okay yeah i know i've I've got to, but I can't, I can't do this. It's like, you've got to, you've got to. It's like this long conversation during which the screen fades to black with just like occasional flickers of light. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. And then like, you know, heavy breathing and like getting ready. And then like a bang and, you know, just white flash on screen and uh, just silence for a little while. And then the woman who's like, uh, you were going to kill is like, Jack, what happened? And like, you killed yourself. <laughs> and it's just this complete nihilistic ending that it com- comes out of nowhere and you're not expecting any of it and then uh she screams and everything explodes. Oh, no. <laughs> and these men are these men are just nihilist, Donnie. There's nothing to be afraid mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
my least favorite ending is the DLC ending they had to add for Mass Effect because there were too many babies out there who had never experienced an ambiguous or bummer ending before. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations, you grew up to be the people to make anti-Holdo videos about Star Wars Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot stand the idea that she- Commander Shepard had to narrate to you, I'm okay with what happened to me. Here's the great life I lived. I'm surprised you couldn't think of this for yourself. <laughs> what do you suppose the fin- the Venn diagram is of those guys and the guys who demanded Szechuan sauce at their local McDonald's? Oh, God. Is it just a complete circle? It's a it's complete total circle. Overlap. And you know what else it is, is in there? The cold, people- embarrassing fandom. Yeah, the people who made them make End of Evangelion the movie because that, that right. last episode was just way too vague for them. And and yet, I feel like there'd be like also the guys that is, what was it, Star Wars without women or the... Oh, oh God! Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, hey, yeah. If you complain about Mass Effect ending, you're part of that. Yeah, you couldn't understand anything but a, a a bromance or a high five or a sunset, and you got upset. Look, it was ridiculous. Another thing I'm going to say: everybody talks about, oh, it took away all that agency of choice. I think the whole idea of that ending was, it's like no matter how many aliens you bone, no matter how bad you think you are, there are some <laughs> things die. in the universe that are out of your control, and right. uh, you know that, or that you have very limited control over. And uh, this is your options. And I love when you were talking. The thing I love about that DLC that you were talking about is people were saying, "Well, what if I just don't want to do anything at all?" And I liked the response: "Then die." Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what you're doing right now? It sounds to me like people should just stop talking in dumb voices. Like, <laughs> it's a real problem with the gamer community. Like, if you're asking a question about a video game and you're you're doing it like this, you maybe stop. Yeah. There you go. Problem solved. Michael right. figured it yeah. out. But, but as far as my, my least favorite ending of 2019, uh, I'm still, still got to be Glass. I know it's not a video game, but I wanted to say it. <laughs> it could be. It could be a mobile game. That's we a disappointing know. ending to a career. Oh. <laughs> Was the real Glass the friends we made along the way? <laughs> no. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, two of my entries, I think, I think I've, I've come through the other side enough to admit Kojima done do me he did me dirty. Um Metal Gear Solid 2. So I'm not counting the entire second and third act of the game as the ending, although the ride and twist, you know, still still have some scars from that. Mm-hmm. It's specifically act 3 where the game just went off the rails and started to feel like a test of how much Kojima could fuck with us and probably fuck with with Konami at the time yes. and get away with. Like it became a thing where I mean, dude, Metal Gear games the, st- the plot can be indecipherable at times. Let's be honest, right? But it was like, plot? it's like, well, <laughs> not only are you in plot, uh, not only are you in this game, but it's not really, it's not really a, a real life. It's a simulation, and then it's like, well, no, it's not really a simulation. Simulation. And the patriots aren't really patriots. people. They're AI that's come Wayland to life, and they're pretending life. people, and they've learned to digitize all of life. And there is a scene, a fucking scene where. You were kidnapped. You're running around a base naked, doing backflips to avoid backflips. enemies. Naked backflips, please. If you're gonna do it, do it right. You're covering your junk, doing backflips while it's doing exposition, and then the fucking it turns out like the colonel wasn't real. He's all fu- yes, the seven herbs and spices. That mm-hmm. colonel, not the one that gives you the missions. Right, yes, it's. And then it starts, it thinks it's fucking eternal darkness. And it's like, well, I'm going to fuck with you now and break the fourth wall. Don't do that. Don't come, give me a fucking break. Okay? Well, that's the Patriots In my game about you. giant mechs, I want, <laughs> I don't want you to break the fourth wall. <laughs> I don't know, man. The, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2 was confusing. And then with 5, even though 5 is one of my favorite games of all time, might be my favorite game of this generation, I finally am admitting it was unfinished. And the ending just 
didn't feel like a, re- a real ending. I don't know if I saw the ending to that game or not because I didn't. <laughs> Spoken like someone who never played Metal Gear Survive. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoken like 99.9% of the population. Great. Uh, yeah, so five, 5 just always feels incomplete. Even though I've done the secret stuff and I've done the quiet missions and all that stuff, I've done a lot of that stuff. I don't know. It just it, it felt like there was one or two missions more that he wanted to put in there to really kind of put put it, you know, just a nice little bow on all this that it's not there. I don't know. That's just me. Anyway, so yeah, Metal, Metal Gear 5 and 2. Hmm. So as for me, I'm going to jump into and, and say the original Borderlands. Mm-hmm. So, oh. you know, I never expected that I was going to open up the vault and see this big bunch of treasure. And, woo, I'll get on with it. I was, I was expecting, like, some really weird something, you know, that would lead to, you know, some crazy ending or something like that. And there's plenty of stuff suggesting that would happen. No, you get there and there's a big blob monster in there. It's the fucking Watchmen monster. See, that's the thing. I barely even remember what it looks like. And, you know, so you just sit there and you unloaded a few clips into it and basically until, until it died and Ta-da, that was the end. Uh-oh, the vault's going to be closed for like 200 years now, y'all. The promise like, the promise of this like in a loot game, no, you're going to get to the vault and there's going to be nothing but cool shit and cool guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get there. It's going to be the pleasure domes from Smash TV. That's right. You're going to get there and it's, yeah, it's, it's basically the monster from the ending of the Watchmen comic that you have to kill instead. And then they tease you because there's, I can't remember if it's one or two or both where they tease you like there's loot. Mm-hmm. But you have to like run out in under a minute, so you can't grab yes, you can't any grab cool anything. shit. Yeah, it's ah, yeah. Yes, agreed, Leif. That is that that wasn't fun. Yeah. It's still a fun game. It is. A fu- it's still a fun game. We, we only get mad because we love the game so much. Mm. Yes. Well, on that note, what was the worst ending from any game that you've ever played? Let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode three hundred and four, or. Uh, visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook and answer there. Or uh, hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we'll read answers on next week's show. So that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Leif, it's your time to shine. Where can people see your stuff? Hey, I'm Leif Johnson. I'm an editor at Macworld, so sometimes I write about games on there. But you'll see a lot of my gaming stuff on PC World, where I mainly focus MMORPGs these days, and uh, which has always like been Atlas. kind of my niche. Yeah, like Atlas, that oh, was yeah. one of them. But I also write some World of Warcraft crap and stuff. Nice. But uh, but yes, yeah, so yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Leif Johnson. That's L E I F J O H N S O N, and I'll see you there. Chris, oh me, mm-hmm. you know what has a great ending? You becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash Laser Time mm. helps all these shows keep on going. Uh, especially this week, the multi-talented, kind of amazing Oscar Time 2019, which was. I, I think I slept three hours in six days trying to help put that together, and and I still didn't contribute any of the best stuff to it. That was all. It was all you guys uh, oh. uh, who I'm talking to right now. Who did the the and, movie trailer for Black Klansman? That was my uh, fa- I did. That was my favorite skit. Well uh, written, dude. That it? was awesome. That's everything I I hate everything I did, and I really loved everything you guys did. Oh, man. Michael's PSA VO, for the favorite. Your trailer vo <laughs> is a thing to be cherished, dude. Michael did really? a kick ass job as like as yes. <laughs> As the Don LaFontaine of, of the laser time. <laughs> no, Dick Cheney DLC is something you really need to ah, yeah. listen oh, to. Oh, that was uh, so good. That was so good. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, and, and Matt's songs, of course, which I swear we should close out with one of them because I guarantee 
these Mass Effect ending hating motherfuckers <laughs> listening right now are not oh, listening to the Oscar show. Uh, They'll never hear it. Uh, the the Vice sketch interesting. Well, not really that interesting. But behind the scenes note, I I watched the rest of Vice after we recorded that, and then I realized like, oh my my voice when I listen to it in this doesn't quite sound like Cheney. So I re-recorded it, and halfway through the re-recording, I realized like. I'm just doing Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. <laughs> that's yeah. that's, that's pretty good. You just talk like this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're also talking like a grown-up version of the best friend from Malcolm in the Middle. That's a reference for a couple people. Uh, but but it, it, listen to bonus time this week where we talk about other Oscar things, up to and including the movie Sam and I watched today, uh, old movie, that has Dick Cheney in a very unwitting cameo, I imagine. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hmm. You can guess what it is. I owe you a Coke. It's a, it's a documentary or a real... A, like no, a it's a real movie. It's a real I mean, not, not that movie. documentaries aren't real movies. <laughs> no. It's like, it's like the best footage of Dick Cheney you've ever seen. I have no idea how they got it. Do they movie. just like kick down the door at an airport bathroom stall? And I think they showed up a to a place they Different shouldn't have and are pretending it's part of their movie. Oh, right. Now yeah, a bunch of people are getting it already. Yeah. But um, huh. it's, it's crazy. It's from, it's, from, it's from a decade, at least a decade ago. And more. Hmm. Okay. And, and that in uh, 30-2010 this week is uh, super, super fun. Michael, I wanted to shout out to you. Going through 30-2010 has been real fun because it's we just live through all this in one big vomit collage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to break it down on a week-by-week basis, but that's what we do with movies, TV, news, and video games. Uh, last week is the 10th anniversary of Street Fighter Four. I did not remember the week after the glorious wow. return of Street mm-hmm. Fighter. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li <laughs> debuted in theaters. Like one week after the best thing to ever happen oh to Street God. Fighter, the worst thing to ever happen to Street Fighter. I have Shitty a story movie. about that. So, you know the the guy in that movie who played M. Bison? Yes. yes. Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough. His wonderful Shadaloo Irish accent. Yes. Who is American, by the way, as so, far as I can tell. I was at a WWE event with my wife, who hated every second of being there, <laughs> we were on the floor. We were we were there. It was a corporate deal where I got tickets through something. At one point in the show, they they uh, Neil McDonough and his entourage arrived with a few actors of that episode, and because. WWE was doing a tie-in with that movie, like a promotion. Wow. They wanted our seats, so we had they moved us to different seats. Still on the floor, I had, I had good seats, but I had to move for fucking Neil McDonough. I was like, I just got delisted <laughs> out of my seats at a fucking wrestling show. Yeah, delisted for a delist. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think he was there with Michael Clark Duncan, even. Like, oh, wow. Like, because yeah, wasn't Michael Clark Duncan? He, he was, he was Balrog. Yeah, he was he's, Balrog. He's in the movie because yeah. Balrog's black. Yes. Yeah. But so, he's the, he's the best it. thing about and that movie. And I wasn't really about is. to blame Michael Clark Duncan for my no, sins. No, no, Fuck no. The that best shit. thing in that yeah. movie with 10 years of hindsight is motherfucking Chris Klein as Charlie Nash. <laughs> that shit is hilarious. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, I have a story. Dude, I have, I have a lot of weird Hollywood stories. I was on the set of that movie. Um, was was about the president's first daughter with Katie Holmes. Okay. And I, and I was right behind her when she was like talking to her makeup girl get about she wanted to go shopping for Chris. It was when she was dating Chris Klein all those years before she married Tom Cruise. Oh, wow. Oddly enough. So, yeah, weird, weird brushes with fame. Yeah, he's in this new movie about Street Fighter. I don't know who he's playing, <laughs> but uh, every line he's been delivering at home, it looks like he's staring into the sun. And, uh, <laughs> I really just wish he'd call me Kate. I just want to be called Kate, not Katie. 
Holy shit, that movie's real bad. Oh, and I don't know if it's funny. Yeah, yeah I think, I think uh, Diana reminded me that my like five worst things about Legend of Chun-Li is still up on GamesRadar.com. Yeah, with, with your name on it, congratulations. Yes. They don't always uh, do that for they people. They don't always survive. I think they've gotten better about it lately. I think they're on the verge of death. So, God wasn't speak. Kristen Kruk or Kroik? Yes, <laughs> Kristen Crunk. Uh-huh. Wasn't Kristen Crunk Chun Li? Yes. Was she involved in that sex cult that the other girl from Smallville oh, yeah. was involved I think in? For she a while? was. Alleged. I don't Maybe? know. I don't know if she was. I don't want. I don't want to go on record. To God, say why didn't I answer that email then? I Wow, we've gotten way off topic of plugs at this point. I'll just uh, I'll bring it back to important well, adventure I, games. <laughs> Small little star Kristen Crook breaks silence on sex cult involvement. It's, it's so Kristen Crunk, Michael. Get it Crunk. straight. Right. Um, yeah, they had bad pictures of me, and by that I mean me doing the spinning bird kick in the Street Fighter Legend of Chun Li movie. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes, it's so uh, bad. Man. So yeah, check us out on patreon.com slash lasertime. Um, another way you can help us out is by going to iTunes and writing reviews, positive reviews of the show, and telling your friends. Five stars only, Five says the raccoon. Five stars only reviews. Uh, that is the best way to get the word out about BGA is tell a friend. Say, hey, I, I really enjoy this weekly show that is on its surface about video games, although, as you've just seen, we we can sometimes go astray and delve deep. I talked mostly about my diarrhea, <laughs> uh, a, a pro-life myth, I and told behind the, scenes the Hollywood bad movie stories. that came out 10 years ago. We talk yeah. wrestling. Anyway, tell mm-hmm. friends yeah. to listen to the show. Well, visit us at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm not really in a position to make that review. I'm just make a definitive statement. Give me a score. Take a stance. Yes. Damn it, Tell me if DEA should be shut down. <laughs> <laughs>